Welcome back to the Profitable Python with your host, Ben McNeil. On this episode, you will meet Robert Dempsey. Robert is a certified card reader, meditation teacher, spiritual life coach, machine learning engineer, author, and speaker. Robert, welcome to the show. Ben, thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited about this. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a blast. And uh, just to kick this off, I wanted to ask you, how well does a meditation group mix with machine learning professionals? Yeah, so yeah, that's, that is an absolutely fantastic question. I will tell you that this, <laughs> this is what I generally found, is that a lot of people, especially in the tech community, are a lot more spiritual than they will either A, say, like out loud, because it's kind of, I don't want to say it's like faux pas or like frowned upon, because I don't think it's frowned upon at all. Uh, but I just think it's, it's stuff that we don't talk about. And so, hmm. you know, it, so for that, it's really all about approach. And so one of the things that keeps coming up for me is meet people where they are, not where you wish they would be. And Buddha was like an, an excellent example of that. And so what that means for me, like at, at my uh, job at Walmart Labs and running a meditation group like within that where it's literally, it's all, we're all geeks, right? Over there, <laughs> is, yeah is approaching it from the standpoint of, okay, well, maybe not like, you know, bringing in God or universe or the divine, whatever you want to call that, right? That greater sense of stuff that mm -hmm. quantum physics is really kind of proving out now, which is amazing. Uh, but it's like, look, you know, you're stressed out. Um, like I talk with managers at the office where, you know, they're dealing with team members that literally like there's always some problem that these people have, <laughs> like, you yeah. know, someone's always not happy. And so they get stressed out about that because mm -hmm. they want to do good work. So approaching it from a standpoint of, well, hey, you know, let's just meditate. We'll reduce stress. We'll remove blocks from you being more successful. Uh, those kind of things, more really of a Western, if you will, uh, entry point into meditation, I think makes it a lot more accessible. And then we enter into a concept that I learned from Jack Canfield, uh, who was one of my clients previously, and, and I learned a lot from him. He did the whole Chicken Soup for the Soul series of books. Okay. Uh, so his organization, when I worked with them, what they called it was chocolate covered broccoli. And I was like, what does that mean? I mean, it sounds extremely disgusting, first off, but <laughs> yeah. like, what does it mean? And it's like, well, you know, we what people really need is the broccoli, right? Like I tell my girls, like you got to eat your vegetables. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you eat vegetables. Well, my little one does, but um, you know, so you cover that with chocolate. So what's the chocolate? Well, chocolate is, Oh, well you want to become more relaxed. You want to be more successful. You want to accelerate your career, blah, blah, blah. But in order for that to happen, like you have to get right with yourself, but mm -hmm. no one wants to hear like, Oh, you have to get right with yourself, but that's the reality of it. So you yeah. give them the chocolate and the chocolate is, all right, let's get you relaxed and, you know, like <laughs> accelerating your career and blah, blah, blah. And then once they get in, you get them with the chocolate and then you give them the broccoli. <laughs> not, not exactly a bait and switch. I think I can totally justify it to myself. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how, how you mix it. And I think either way, like we always bring our whole self to work, you know, back in, and I will date myself just to show how old I am right now. Like back in 2000, like during the dot-com boom and stuff, right? There right. was this whole philosophy of, of you know, you got to be one way at work and another way outside of work. And that never jived with me. I'm like, I can't keep up appearances. That's BS, right? So we, mm. and regardless, we're human and we bring our whole selves to work. If you got problems outside of work, you're bringing that stuff with you. And yeah. Unless you can super compartmentalize or 
I mean, you're a sociopath or something, but you know, aside from, aside from those two things, right. We bring our whole self. So you really have to talk to, you know, you speak to the person, um, not the kind of facade. That's a really long answer to your question. Sorry. I will try to keep the rest of my answers no, short as possible. No, it's all, it's all good. Kind of like the immediate reaction that I had to it is uh, like, like, is that, is it a special culture at Walmart labs or cause I just kind of reflect on my own, my own environment that I work in. And I just, I wonder if people would be down with even like, you know, sitting in the same room and going through that process. I, I guess I've never been to a meditation group, so I don't know exactly how it would be implemented, but I'm just, I'm kind of curious, like it makes a lot of sense what you're talking about. I just wonder how, how it could be implemented in other kind of environments or what, what is your take on that? Yeah. So at Walmart labs, like we were really lucky. We had this great, um, <clears throat> I think her, her title is something like not exactly people officer, but she's in charge of like all the events and everything. This great woman, Donna, okay. and she had brought in uh, someone to do first off, like seated chair massage every couple of weeks. We have 15 minute slots. I always try and get when they fill up like crazy. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so that group of people also offered a meditation, but that didn't mm. really go so well. I think it was because they were using like the biggest room in the office uh, you know, playing like spa music and, you know, just the, the kind of typical stuff. And so first mm. I was in the first round of that and there were like 20 people. The second time they did it, there were 10. And so like entropy just went, <laughs> and yeah. then all of a sudden there were none. And so when I approached Donna about it, I said, Hey, would you like me to do a meditate? And I didn't even get it out. And she's like, yes. And her, <laughs> her thought was that if we had someone from inside of the office doing it as opposed to outside. So Mm. Um, like I'm my official title is senior software engineer. I'm a data science or data, sorry, data scientist. No, I'm not. I'm a data engineer on the data <laughs> science team. Let me, okay. let me get that straight this morning. Um, so, you know, having someone from the office doing this, um, I think made it a bit more approachable to the people. Mm. And plus I've been there for now a bit over a year. So, uh, people know me, I'm not exactly the most quiet person uh, in the office. Uh, and so, yeah, it just it just makes it more accessible. I think when someone sees, oh, well, this dude who's like a freaking data engineer is doing meditation, so mm. I guess it's okay. It's not so like weird, right? Yeah. Or, or whatever. And and then I also because I had a marketing company a number of years ago, I used all the I pulled out all the psychological stops. I'm like, <laughs> all right, people, like I'm doing this meditation session. We're going to be in this room that, you know, no one can see into. So it's, you know, creating that safe space for people as opposed mm -hmm. to, you know, the largest room, like in the office, uh, you know, we're going to have it there. It's limited to 12 people and it's going to fill up. So, you know, you better get a seat like right now. And if you say you're going to go, you better go. Otherwise, you're living outside of integrity. So I just, I just layered it on, man. It was, yeah. it was pretty heavy. There's uh, like and scarcity people, and. <laughs> oh yeah, the whole nine yards, right? I'm like, I pull out all the stops. Let's get some people. Like, people need some. You know, they need to relax. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but then you know, people, certain people are attracted to to that for different mm -hmm. reasons. And there are actually people in my office that have a a consistent meditation practice. Um, one woman shared that she's actually her goal for the year is to increase her spiritual practice. So the thing, again, I think there's, there's a great need for this. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just, we don't talk about it. It's just like, without going off on a tangent, like emotions, like we don't talk about emotions, especially mm -hmm. dudes. we don't talk about emotions, but people want to talk about this stuff. So, so I don't think it necessarily takes 
a unique culture. I definitely though think it, it requires someone that is willing to be open to that. So if Donna hadn't been open to that, like I wouldn't be doing it. Mm. Um, you know, could I walk into any place and do a meditation group? Probably not. Uh, so maybe it is a little, a little special there. Um, we do have really good, great culture at Walmart labs uh, in the rest of Virginia office, which is, which is where I work. Cool. Yeah. The, that was a, a pretty much a perfect segue into the next, the next question here. Cause I know the future that you're most excited about is the integration of ro- robotics with retail voice assistance, uh, natural language processing, yeah. all kind of surrounding this, like eliminating tedium in our life. Um, a, I'm wondering, are you seeing any trends in that space where there's room for new startups? And then B, do you think with the advent of our hunger to kind of go with that stuff that we're, we're limiting our ability to have this spiritual awareness? And so therefore it's kind of like, uh, you know, we're, we're not talking about it when we should be or, or that sort of thing. So yeah, there's a, there's a ton of can of worms feel free to open up that's a, yeah i was about to say that's a lot to unpack right there man <laughs> holy crap all right so <clears throat> so i really i really appreciate you bringing that up though you know because as as a technologist i've been doing tech for my god like 21 years now so yeah i was back when like we literally built our own computers like thank god we don't have to do that anymore let me tell you yeah. so but um <clears throat> you know so so seeing the range uh, and especially being in machine learning where people are like super freaked out, like, oh my God, all the jobs are going to be automated. People have asked me, well, is Walmart interested in like automating away jobs? And my answer mm-hmm. is no. I've heard no one say, oh yeah, let's get rid of people, you know, and just replace them with robots. It's more mm-hmm. augmenting, right? And so <clears throat> there are just certain things that computers are much better at uh, than than we are. And when it comes to handling like equations with thousands of variables like you might have in a neural network right that's i'm literally the conversation i have with people is can you keep in your headspace what's going on in 5,000 walmart stores like in the u.s no and neither can i and we can't expect ourselves to um so so getting people kind of comfortable with that um is i think it's really important and getting them out of this like being freaked out where we're gonna like replace them with a neural network because that's not gonna happen right because there are certain things that humans do much better um, than computers absolutely now there's a lot of articles that you might read out there about well if you know machine learning or just the automation that you know we as engineers do is going to automate more stuff than what's left to do so I think it really gives us more of an opportunity. If we can automate away like more of even the, the tedium of work, it allows us, I, I think, to get back to our humanity and focusing on um, what's really important to us as people. Because mm. seriously, I, I was speaking a couple months ago at a youth conference where it was all AI, machine learning, all the, the, the kids, I'll say they were kids, um, from <laughs> like middle school, uh, junior high, high school were there. <clears throat> and when I asked them, like, what is really important to you? One kid said making money. Everyone else said being happy, making a difference, all that kind of stuff. And like, that's amazing. And here they are at a machine learning conference. And I'm talking to them about, you know, what makes you super happy and and all that. <clears throat> and, you know, they want to do good. And I think there's a lot of good we can do. And the more powerful that a lot of this stuff gets and just clear away the cruft, 
the more we can focus on what really matters to, to us as humans. Um, so, you know, when we're talking about like voices, I personally, like, I really hate going shopping, like to the, like to my, I will buy stuff on, I will browse online for hours. So I don't have to yeah. actually go to a store. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel the same way. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'll do that. Like I love grocery delivery. I'm like, great. I don't have to spend an hour and a half, like going to the side, just click, 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 you know, get it. Uh, you know, my, I have two daughters, 12 and four, uh, and we have an Alexa at my house and they literally like want to have a conversation uh, with this thing, <clears throat> asking it all sorts of questions, right. And all that kind of stuff. Hmm. And so the better all of that gets, um, the more, but I don't know, it's kind of, I'm, I don't think I'm doing a great job of explaining it, but again, I think it kind of really gets us back to our humanity. Cause I know, for me, finding that, that middle ground between, you know, spirituality and like everything is technology and just science. And that's all I focus on is this like constant kind of struggle for me. But how I look at it is, is that I will bring a spiritual basis to, to everything I do, whether that's doing good, helping people at work with meditation uh, and whatnot. And so <clears throat> when we're building solutions, it's really like, well, how did these really help people? Like, how do we really help them get their humanity back so as an example at walmart you know people there's this one project that that i worked on where people were being asked to do work that was literally completely pointless because the algorithms were just dumb frankly right like it's like oh hey you need to go look at this shelf of stuff over here and they'd go there and there's literally no reason to go there and so what happens so the person goes there they're like why in the hell am i even here this is a complete waste of my freaking time right and then they're frustrated they're upset they're working inside of a store the size of a freaking football field full of stuff right and it's like you're wasting their time so you know we Mm -hmm. came in and we were able to make that a heck of a lot smarter so they're going to the places that are really of more value which then ties into potentially um, how everything is measured in the store and their ultimate compensation which of course i you know, we're operating the human world here. We got to think about compensation, yeah. right? But they know that they're being asked to do stuff that is of value, which even on a small scale, right, makes them, helps them to feel better. So for me, like all of this is, is really tied together. Uh, and I think that in the coming months and years, we're going to, hopefully if I can help, Right, bring this recognition about is like that's really what it's about. It's not about oh, we're going to automate all the jobs away. You know, everyone run for the hills. It's like the robots are coming. <laughs> like it's not, you know, it's not really, not really the point. It's you know, how can we use all of this to focus on what's really, what's really of value, even if that's not the conversation. Like that's where I'm trying to take the conversation with that. Yeah. Wow. It's uh, it's like somewhere along the line we lost our humanity and all this innovation and now we're gonna we're gonna leverage that technology to bring it back that's basically part of the message that i just heard there that is great yes you said in like one <laughs> sentence what it took me like what five seven minutes to say i love that thank well, you well well i had i had to sit uh, you know backseat driver for uh you know that conversation to get that out so yeah thanks for sure and that was really cool and uh i was also curious about the data community mm-hmm. you made uh, or that you founded, um, if you had to build a new community like Data Community DC, what would kind of be your first couple of steps? Sure. So actually, I was fortunate in that um, when so I started a data meetup called Data Wranglers DC, and I ran that for mm. about two and a half years. 
Um, and that was, that then became part of the greater data community DC. So okay, definitely, okay. definitely can't take credit for, for that, that existed. Um, but I think we were lucky here in the, the DC metro area where, you know, when I was growing up around here, there was nothing. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, kind of where you are, there's kind of a, a lack of, of community at large yeah. around technology. And so when I was growing up, it was all government stuff. And luckily when I moved back, the meetup scene was getting in play. Uh, you know, we have all the big companies here, obviously Amazon is coming in pretty strong, Walmart, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, you know, all the, all the places hmm. or all the companies rather. Uh, however, yeah, if I was to start all of that over again, the way that I started it in the first place was I just went to the current meetups and started looking for the gaps of, okay, what are people really interested in? What are they asking about this not being served by the current meetups? And that is frankly nothing. I don't think that's really a, a new concept, but it's, it's looking for what, what do people really want, listening to their questions, um, you know, really getting underneath the, the surface of their question to figure out what is it they really need. You know, Steve Jobs talks about, don't give them uh, what they, what is it? Like what they want, give them what they need. Oh, someone said that. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's, that's really it. Like people will say one thing, but they really want another. And so you deliver that. And I think also it's just operating fearlessly. So if you yourself want to start a community about something, just do it. I mean, we have, it's great technology. Think, you know, platforms like Meetup will promote your Meetup to other people. So then it's just a matter of wording things or putting tags on your Meetup or using certain language in the description that it'll stand out to the people that are interested in that. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing for me in starting anything, which seems to be a lesson that I have to like keep whacking myself with like over and over and over again, eventually I'll get it back. Eventually I will, <laughs> um, is not trying to go too big, too quick, mm. you know, allowing organic growth to really happen. Cause I think we're, well, I don't think, I mean, I know we are definitely in a society, especially if you're in tech where it's, Oh, you have to keep up. Oh, you know, if you're doing a startup, you need to get investors and get all this money. And then they're like riding you to get five, 10 X, whatever in three years, like insane. Right. And we're seeing actually, I think a complete, a complete collapse of that. Look what happened with WeWork. Like look mm -hmm. at what happened with all these tech IPOs where they're like, Oh yeah, you know, everyone's our customer. Yeah. That's BS. Like no, yeah. it is never everyone's your customer. But people think, oh, you know, these companies can have these crazy valuations uh, and whatnot. And then, no, like this is not reality because they're trying to grow too big too quickly. And so um, hmm. the allowing for organic growth to occur in the community, I think, is really important. And then staying true to your ideals as well. So an example of that um, that really hit home for me is I was doing a recruiting event at Carnegie Mellon. So I'm at the Walmart table. We're rolling like 12 deep. We got people from all the departments. Like it's crazy town. We got a line. It was great. We had a line like all the damn way around this gym uh, that we were in. And so I'm talking to these, uh, you know, like master students and some undergrad students. And there was a difference between people that seem to be getting into data science, machine learning, whatever. Like let's just use data science because that's the umbrella topic. So data mm -hmm. science, 
I could tell between who just wants a job because they think they'll make money and they'll be okay versus who is really passionate about this stuff. Hmm. And I was speaking with a data scientist. I worked with Grant about this yesterday where uh, some people just get into the field because they think it'll give them security, but is it really what they want to do? Is it really what they're passionate about? No, hmm. not at all. Like they don't care. Like, do you really want to sit in front of a computer, like hammering away, trying to figure out which features are going to make your model work? Like that's your job, right? Like, you're going to be creating reports or yeah. for us, uh, you know, on the engineering side, you know, we're working with these, uh, you know, these devices that are, it's like, you either get it right or you're freaking wrong. <laughs> and it's right. frustrating. Like it can be really frustrating sometimes. Mm. Um, or like just trying to find where's the data in this enormous organization that I'm working in. Right. Right? So you have to have some passion for it and be truthful with yourself about what is really important to you. So if you want to start a community, I think allowing for organic growth to occur, and not trying to rush it. Um, because also I found in, in my own businesses, when I try and rush it, when I try and get so big because you know society's like, well, you gotta be huge uh, and all this stuff, whatever, whatever, or you're, you're gonna fail, you're not good or, or whatever the hell, right? Mm. Message that we absorb from this, which is complete BS by the way. Mm. And when I try and force that to happen, then I just do all sorts of dumb stuff, spend a bunch of money and it's a complete waste of time. So allowing for that to happen, um, staying true to what it is you want that community to really be, putting that out there, like fearlessly. It's like, look, I'm starting this meetup to do X, Y, and Z. Like if you're attracted to that, cool. And then realizing that not everyone's going to be attracted to that. I got a meditation group at work. There's like 300 people in my office. I get like five, eight people like every time. That's cool. More people are in our Slack channel. That's fine. But you just put it out there. You put it out there. And the people, you know, obviously you got to market because stuff doesn't just like, people don't just magically, well, they can't magically show up, but that's another, that's maybe another <laughs> conversation. Um, yeah, but you put it out there, stand true to yourself and what you want it to be and allow for that organic growth to happen and then just keep freaking going, just keep freaking going. And yeah. Man, yeah, that's that's solid. I Like I try and ask questions on here that are going to be, good for the general audience, but I am like secretly very interested in what you just had to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, so anyway, yeah, you know, two, two birds with one stone there. So, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing that. So uh, I wanted to kind of transition into the whole topic of realizing our full potential. And I was curious, why do you see choice as a gift? Mm. So the, the greatest, I think the greatest ability that we have as humans is absolutely choice. Now, might some of those choices kind of suck? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, might some of those choices be extremely hard to make? Absolutely. Like that's, that's this life, right? <clears throat> but we always have the ability to choose. You know, I work with or I've had conversations with people I work with where they say, oh, I'm stuck. Like I am stuck in this job. I am stuck, you know, in some relationship. I am stuck with da, da, da. I don't know how to get out. And I love telling people that there's always a door number three. And I think I wrote a blog post about it. It's like, oh, time mm -hmm. I got lost. But I always look for the third option because we tend to see stuff as black and white. Oh, I'm either in this job and I have security or, I'm not and everything like life is horrible and my, you know, I can't pay my bills. I'm going to be homeless, whatever, whatever. Um, which I don't think will happen to many people in the tech industry if you keep mm -hmm. up your skills, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so 
but we always, we always have a choice. Now, our ego might step in and say, oh no, you don't have a choice. You are stuck in this job and you're gonna have to suck it up and deal with it and that's it because you have to make money, you have to pay your bills and this is the only freaking way. Well, that's, that's completely false. Like we could leave a job. Might it be hard? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I know I hate interviewing. Uh, so, you know, I'd have to do that if I want to leave my job, which I don't for any of my employer like listening to this. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but that is the most powerful thing that we have is the ability to choose what we really want for ourselves. Now, there is definitely work involved in what happens once we make that choice. But that is always a power that we have. I'm reading a, a book that I got turned on to by a gentleman named Dr. Wayne Dyer, who, who passed a while ago, but he was a great spiritual teacher. He turned me on to a book uh, by Viktor Frankl. And Viktor Frankl was in the Nazi concentration camps for three years. And this dude came out and like he never lost hope and he survived. And so he talks about the power of choice uh, in literally every situation. He could have seen that extremely horrific situation as, oh my God, I'm going to die. And, that, and he would not have survived. He chose to rise above that and look at it very differently to tend to the people that were around him. And he survived. Not only that, he thrived. I don't know if he thrived so much in, you know, in the camps at the time, but he definitely mm -hmm. thrived outside of that. Uh, and so we can choose not only the circumstances in which we find ourselves, but how we approach literally anything going on in our life. But again, it's not so easy because first you have to be aware of what the heck is going on, which can take different lengths of time, depending on, you know, kind of where you're at with your practice. Sometimes it takes me months, years, right? Like it can take years or it can take literally like seconds to be like, Oh crap, I'm getting really upset about this situation and I got to address it. <clears throat> But we always have that. Uh, we have that. And that, again, is something that <clears throat> no one can take away from us. And that's what Viktor Frankl said. He said, when literally your humanity and everything is stripped away from you, you still have the choice of how you respond to events. And going back to Jack Canfield, his success principle number one is taking 100% responsibility for yourself. And he has this mm -hmm. equation in there, E plus R equals O. And I love this. And what it means is E is event, R is your response, O is outcome. So the event, we might not have any, uh, any say over that happening to us, depending on how you feel about the law of attraction. But I don't know, we don't have to go there with that. But anyway, so let's just say that you have no control over some external event. So for instance, this guy at my office, I was having a really hard time with this guy. Um, and he was just acting in a certain way, which... I think abhorrent is kind of the, the incorrect word, but I had some beliefs around how I thought people should act. And he was completely the opposite of that. So, mm. you know, so this was occurring. So that's the event. Now, my response to that at first was to get very upset. And so what's my outcome? Well, you know, I'm going into work and hating life. And I got to a point where literally I was considering quitting because it was so bad. So that was my outcome because of my response. Mm. Now, the response is the one thing that we have the ability to choose. Again, is it easy? Not so much. I was fortunate. My family and I uh, went to Thailand for three weeks. I took that time. I'm like, okay, I don't want to quit my job. I like like 90% of the people, like 99% of the people I work with is this one guy, one guy, right? One guy. 
And yeah. so, you know, I don't want to quit my job. I don't want to have to explain to my wife, hey, I'm quitting. <laughs> you know, and then go through right. the interview process, which is no fun, uh, at least for me. Uh, although I do like talking to people. But anyway, so I didn't want to have to go through that. So I'm like, all right, I have to figure out how to freaking deal with this situation. So I started changing my response to this situation, which was looking, taking the time to look at my beliefs around how I thought this person should be, really questioning that and then shifting that around. So that's the action. So I chose to have a different response. I then chose to change my beliefs around how this person should, right? Quote, unquote, should be. Mm. And then my outcome became extremely different. I like, it was like a huge burden was lifted off my shoulders. I felt amazing. I'm like, wow, I can actually be happy no matter what this guy does. Because like, honestly, like what bearing does this have on my, is the world going to collapse? Is my whole world going to like, just because he's not being how I think he should be? No, absolutely not. And so I went through these exercises. Then I came back. I was extremely happy. And people were like, Rob, what happened? Like, it was night and day. You know, I'm wearing like, all of a sudden, I have like some bead necklaces. They're like, what? It's like, <laughs> went zen. You know, I'm wearing these shirts yeah. and stuff. And, uh, and ultimately, a, a number of weeks later, the guy left our team. And, you know, it's been very different since then. And so the outcome was very different. Uh, but even if he had stayed, you know, I would have been okay with how things were. And I would have worked to continue changing the culture of my team. But if I hadn't realized that I had a choice in how I responded to how he is, then who knows? I may have quit, like all sorts of crazy stuff. And then I'd have to explain to my wife, yeah, don't want to have to do that. <laughs> so yeah. that, is, that is the one power that no one can take away from us. So we always have a choice. Mm. We have a choice to take on work, to ask for the work that we want to do at the office, to learn the technologies. We have a choice of how we respond to people. We have a choice of what we choose to believe, which literally changes the world as we see it because our beliefs not to go off on a tangent and i'll stop because i've i've gone off on this diatribe i mean that's part that's part of the fun here is just kind of like opening up these can of worms and uh, (laughs) articulating them so yeah carry on yeah it's um you know but our beliefs and and what we believe literally shapes how we see the world so it's the the really cliche of you know half is your cup half empty or half full So that is all belief. Like, do I see a world where, you know, I'm being oppressed by people every time I come into work and I have no choice but to be in this job that I dislike? Mm. Or am I, do I actually have more power than I think I realize? And I can actually change the culture of a large company, not immediately the whole company, but, you know, one person at a time, you know, can I actually just speak how I feel, speak my truth and not get fired and be mm-hmm. okay. So you do little experiments. It's like gathering data, right? right. It's like, oh, <laughs> but you start big. Don't, don't, sorry, I almost said start big. Don't start big, start small, right? right. Gather the evidence, gather the data um, to really challenge the beliefs that you have. If they are not serving you, we have a choice. We can absolutely change our beliefs. I mean, I was, I was an alcoholic for a number of years. I've recovered from that, been sober for 20 years. But you know, I know from experience, that you can absolutely change your beliefs. And I continue to do that. And so if they're not serving you, you have a choice, no matter what, you have a choice of what you believe. And that literally shapes your world, the world that you see in front of you. It is the most powerful thing, man, that we have. It is unbelievable. Take away the money, take away the stuff, take away blah, blah, blah. You always have your choice, no matter what. No one can take that away from you. 
And we should never allow people to take that away from us. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really powerful. And it's almost like you're reading off of my notes here. Cause that, that led, that leads me into the next question or you had a blog post on how does one change the world? And I almost used that as an icebreaker cause I knew you could handle it, but how, how have you seen this truth manifest in your work with the paying clients? Mm -hmm. uh, because you're, I guess the whole uh, answer to that is uh, basically change yourself, change the world, change yourself. Mm -hmm. So the question again is how have you seen this truth manifest in your work with paying clients? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, again, it, it comes down to belief and the beliefs that you hold um, on literally everything. And for me, it ain't given time, depending on how strong that belief is, like anything can really be up for grabs. So, hmm. you know, the clients that I work with that I'm doing coaching with that I'm doing uh, tarot card readings for, they come to me with some pretty heavy stuff. Like it's quite actually, I'm, I'm always amazed that they're willing to, to share this, whether it's, you know, things aren't right with my love life or, career like what do you see from me in my career all this kind of stuff and what it always comes down to is it's not like what necessarily i see in their love life it's like what do you want like what do you really believe is possible for mm. you and so shifting beliefs is at the core of literally everything so if a tarot card reading is going to help you with that all right that's cool you know if it's going to be meditation so you can get quiet and look within and start questioning the beliefs that you have and doing that using a bunch of techniques that I've learned over time from Byron Katie's The Work or Tony Robbins stuff. I've read a bunch of his stuff or, you know, Canfield, uh, Jack Canfield, you know, if it's that, if that's going to help you, then I'll bring that to the table. If it's, um, I don't know, like whatever, whatever I have to do in my skill set to help you look at and shift around those beliefs, right? That's, that's the key to, to everything. And then mm -hmm. it's also getting people comfortable with being able to question those beliefs. Cause some of this stuff, like if it's religion or stuff from parents, like I got stuff, frankly, I was dealing with since I was like a little kid, right? That's mm -hmm. like 30 years of, <laughs> of a really strong belief, like reinforcing yeah. constantly. Um, you know, and that can be really scary. So it's helping people also. I think one of the biggest things, and so I'm starting to get a little emotional about it. I think, um, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest things that I can do for people is helping them to, to see the, the strength and power that they really hold. Because mm -hmm. we may have had parents, friends, society, jobs, whatever, right, telling us, no, you know, you do what you're told, you follow a certain path and everything will be okay. You stray off the path. Oh my God, like your whole life is going to implode and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Right. But that is most likely not the case at 99%. And hmm. people, so recently, one of the people that I work with um, told me, I said, you know, Rob, no one has really seen me. They haven't really seen me. And yesterday I had this like really powerful meditation and I was just, it was, it was crazy, Ben. I can't, it's hard to explain, but it's, I just was in this place where I wanted to tell people like how much I appreciate them, what I really see in them. And that is, you know, it's these like just powerful, unlimited beings that are full of strength. And one person, when I told them, 
just, I just laid it out. And they were like, wow, you know, no one, I felt that no one has really seen like the real me and helping them basically, it's not that I can help you to, or I cannot give you the ability to take your power back from whatever it is you have given it Mm. to. And we all do this. It's like a constant thing. However, what I can do is, is I can tell you exactly what I see. And then maybe that will be the one thing, kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will, but you know, no breakage in, in a direct way like that. But you know, maybe that's the one thing that just so happens to wake you up and you're like, Oh my God, I really do have this power of choice. Mm-hmm. I really do have the strength within me to make the changes in myself that I want so that the reality that I see in front of me matches with what I really feel inside. Mm-hmm. Then you got to do the work and I can't do the work for you. Right? right. Like that's, that's the thing. And so that's where kind of, I think uh, what I'm seeing start arising in, in my practices is, is it'll start. It starts with a tarot card reading. It starts with helping someone recognize the power within them. And then it's providing support along that journey. Cause again, one of the things that I have to keep learning over and over again is, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that wants to keep us isolated. And while we are ultimately extremely powerful, we're even better when we're with people. And it can be scary, you know, to, to open up to people or, mm. um, you know, like when I'm, it, it can be, it was even scary when I just said to, uh, to Grant, the data scientist I worked with yesterday, how much I really appreciate him and working with him and, and how much I just enjoy it on a daily basis and, and how much it's, you know, I just love coming into work because I get to work with this guy who's like really cool and smart and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, that can be scary, but, you know, in, in so doing that also allowed him to kind of open up and, and start sharing stuff uh, and whatnot. And so, yeah. So how is this all manifest? It's starting with helping someone to at least, not helping someone to recognize in themselves because I can't, I don't necessarily think I can bring about a recognition, right? Like I can talk to you like I am right now. So I'm blue in the face right? right? and it could just be like right over like mm-hmm. people listening to this may, they might be like, man, this dude's like nuts. Like he's crowned and what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> Like meditation? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I came here for the machine learning. That's right. Yeah. What are you talking about? All this other crap, man. You know, get on with the the data science. Um, You know, so I can't, I can't help bring about that recognition. But what I can do is tell you what I recognize in you, which at least with a lot of the people I work with, I mean, if they come for a reading, they're like, oh, my love life, my career, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like they're yearning to recognize in themselves what we've covered over for a long time. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, my job here is to help begin the uncovering or at least tell you what it is that I see and then to help walk you through really regaining that because we all have that. My four-year-old daughter absolutely has it, right? Mm -hmm. My mission with, with her and my, my 12 year old is to, help them to not pile up all this stuff that, you know, we pile up on top of ourselves. That keeps us small, keeps us in jobs that we don't like, keeps us in relationships that we can't stand, right? All of this stuff Mm. keeps us little, takes away our choice. 
we give away that choice. It doesn't take it away. We give it away. So mm-hmm. if, you know, my mission here is to help people recognize that they have a choice to tell them what I see in them and then provide the support that they need on that journey of really that self-recognition. And that is, that's amazing. Like mm-hmm. the, the fact that I get to do that is, it blows my mind, Ben. Freaking blows yeah. my mind. I mean, I mean, you, you could effectively, I mean, I know, I know you're uh, not operating. Well, maybe you are operating at a global scale, but the, the sense that I got from it, you were, you were kind of happy with being able to grow slow and kind of develop your business over time. Um, It's just, I mean, I, I could see, I mean, well, global impact, like who would not benefit from this, but that's just, I don't know. I definitely, drink the Kool-Aid when it comes to this whole like extreme ownership, um, beginning with the end in mind, like the seven habits of highly effective people, which a lot of the things that you're saying here are resonating with that. Like it's, uh, yeah, I, I certainly drink the Kool-Aid when it comes to that stuff. So yeah, Ron, I mean, I'm not making this stuff up, right? I've read like a yeah, ton of books, is... you know, I've learned a lot of stuff. And so mm-hmm. people have been talking about this for a long time. And, and again, talking about your business, I mean, one of the things to realize, like I was, uh, there was um, a food truck that stops outside of my office every Thursday, this great bagel truck, great bagels. Uh, and he was, I just asked him, I don't know why I did, but I just asked him like, hey man, how's business going? And uh, oh, well, you know, tell me about your coffee. And he's like, oh yeah, I roasted at home now and blah, blah. And, and then he started comparing himself to Starbucks. I'm like, you're comparing a food truck to freaking Starbucks. And mind you, there's only one Starbucks even around here. I can drink their Americanos. Like I'm an Americano guy okay. and the rest of it just tastes like crap. And, mm. um, to me, and I love, I love like the small places, you know, like small batch roasting. Um, it's expensive. It's an expensive habit then, but I love it. But anyway, <laughs> here's this guy in a food truck comparing himself to Starbucks and limiting himself like big time. And I was like, Oh my God. Um, you know, that's, that's not good. I like, don't mm-hmm. do that. Um, and so, you know, helping, helping in any way that I can to, you know, with him of like, dude, don't compare yourself, man. Just focus on what really drives you. Like let people see your passion for what you do. Like you love bagel. Yeah. Okay. Your food truck breaks down, you know, the roast, whatever, whatever. Like -hmm. these are minor details, like minor bumps, right? Just focus on you and doing your thing and let people know about that. And Starbucks will do its thing. And there's like seven and a half billion people Right. So there's enough people where you will probably be okay, but like, mm-hmm. you got to be true to yourself. It also helps. I'll be completely honest. It helps to grow organically. If you are not in a position where like money is a super huge problem. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I looked at uh, when I was in Thailand over these three weeks and doing all this introspective work was when have I been the most successful? So I've had three different businesses. One, like the first one, horrible, like, tens of thousands of dollars in debt. I had to get bailed out. It was bad. Second business, pretty good. Third business did well, but then I'm like, eh, I need a job. <laughs> so, you know, I came yeah. to a point, I'm like, for my family and stuff, I just need to get a job because this isn't working. I couldn't, well, I was still buying into the belief that I had to like go really big or it wasn't a success. So I wasn't allowing it to grow organically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had to do work around that, but, um, you know, so when have I been the most successful? Well, I've been the most successful when I built up something on the side when I had a full-time job. Okay, great. So let's take that lesson and plunk it down right here. 
And then it's, then it's a question of, okay, well, what can I do to build a business organically while I have a full-time job? So tarot card reading, for instance, right? Like I'm, well, first off, I'm not like doing tarot card reading inside of Walmart lab. I will tell you that right now. Like people, <laughs> I have offered it. People are like, not cool with that. I'm like, all right, meet them where they are, Rob. Not yeah, where you would, yeah. they would be. Right? I have yeah. for a couple people, but anyway. So it's like, what can I reasonably do while I have this full-time job? Because again, what's my evidence? Well, I build a successful business when I was doing it on the side. Okay, so what can I reasonably do? Well, I can wake up earlier. And this is all stuff, again, I'm sure that everyone listening to this has read a book, whether it's like Gary Vaynerchuk, freaking whoever, has right. said literally the same thing. So, yeah, I can wake up early. I have evenings, even though I'm super tired sometimes, but I can still do that. I have weekends. Um, you know, I want to spend time with my family, obviously, but I can wake up before my daughters wake up. And then, so I have a couple hours. Well, a couple hours times, you know, seven days times a year, that's a crap ton of time that we actually have to be able to build up a business on the side. Mm. And absolutely, like you put stuff on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, people from all over the damn place, like will find you. If you, again, like tag it right and all this kind of stuff. So you got to do research. That's all the legwork of that. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> you can absolutely do that and build it up. And so I had, I did a card reading one night after work at like six o'clock and night. no, yeah, it was like six o'clock at night for someone in Hawaii. Um, I've done one card reading. So it's don't not getting caught up in the format of which you might deliver your service. So I was reading books from card readers of how they grew their business. And this one guy said, oh, well, you can do it by email. And I was like, I never thought of that's amazing. So what do I do? I offer free one card readings via email. I post the link on like a lot of my Instagram posts and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I have people literally from all over the world, Ben, like saying, Hey, you know, can you give me a free one card reading? And then I say, okay, you will have your reading within 72 hours. And then I can do it on my time within that 72 hours. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be on when they're halfway around the world uh, per se to be able to deliver that service to them. And then mm -hmm. I offer them, you know, then it's marketing comes into play after that. It's like, okay, here's your free one card reading. You get a lot out of this. No obligation, but hey, I will give you a discount on my full service. So if you want like a 30-minute reading, 45 an hour, whatever, like here's a 40% discount code, 50% discount code. Mm -hmm. And it's getting smart with stuff like that too of, okay, like I know that my time is valued at, let's say, $100 an hour, but I'm starting out. Am I really going to get $100 an hour when I have to prove myself out? Maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. let's go with the maybe not part and it's like well offer a discount like what the hell you're not devaluing yourself really you're opening up the possibility to work with more people so again yeah. that's belief right you could say oh well, i'm devaluing and i have i have said i am devaluing myself if i charge like less than 125 and mm -hmm. or whatever that hourly rate is for someone um so that's a belief which you can change and so when I changed those beliefs, it opened up a whole new world of possibility and ability to, to serve people and work with people that could really use your help. And mm -hmm. again, if you're, you know, if you already have a job, it's definitely a lot easier to have that. Um, cause I had left, uh, and then I'll shut up after this, <laughs> but you know, I had left this one job that was like, just threw me for a total loop. And over the course of a year, I really struggled with, uh, like, I thought I was going to exit tech completely, uh, even though I had been teaching machine learning at some places. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
and I just couldn't get this thing off the ground. And the reason was, um, now that I look back on it, because hindsight's great, um, was that I was really coming from a place of like, oh my God, I have to make money because I have to support my family, da, da, da. And so my whole basis was that. Mm-hmm. And you can't operate from that. Like, I mean, you can, but nothing turns out well, right? So trying right. To, so that might be, oh, well, you know, I want to have a side business, um, but my full-time job might not pay me enough. Okay, well, let's, you know, work within the constraints. It's like, uh, it's like Grant at Work says, it's not roadblocks per se, it's constraints. So what's my constraint? Well, I got to pay my bills. Okay, great. Do you make enough money to do that? Yes. Okay, great. Well, then anything on top of that is gravy. So just mm-hmm. freaking take a lower hourly rate, deal with that, whatever belief you have to shift around in that, do that and start building up clientele and then raise your rates, raise your rates, raise your rates. That's how I built my web development business was I started with a certain hourly rate just to get people in the door. And I'm like, damn, this is a lot of work. I need to charge more money, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, because yeah, I'm yeah. good. And then you slowly raise your rates until people are like, whoa, that's, that's too much. You're like, okay, well, what's a little bit more reasonable? But you start off with the, you know, you, you bring it back from that, but you can build it up gradually over time. So, you know, don't, the advice I would give is don't be so caught up in the, oh, I have to go big. I have to charge a certain hourly rate or I'm devaluing myself or, or whatever. No, like build it up over time, work within the constraints, try and figure out different ways to which you can deliver that service that works within those constraints, whether it's your hours or whatever, which probably means doing some research, find people that have been doing this, read the books. You know, this, I do a God awful amount of reading, but I love reading. So, you know, look at how other people started out. Don't look at how they are now because that's BS. Like that's comparative crap of the guy in the food truck was Starbucks, right? Starbucks didn't start out freaking Starbucks. Like we know now they started out small. So look at how someone started out. What did they do when they first began to get people in the door? And that I think is a lot more valuable to anybody starting a business than trying to compare how you are now to how they are now. Cause they're huge, right? That's why we look up to these people like, wow, that's really cool. Mm, and then yeah. do that, do whatever they did. Like this stuff, honestly, Ben is not rocket science. It is. And that's another thing I had to, okay. And now I really will stop after this point. No, carry but, on. But with this, I think it's important is yes, this stuff is not rocket science, but, and yes, there are like huge amounts of people. Yes. There's a lot of people doing probably the, I mean, there are tons of people doing what I do, right. But it's how do you deliver that message? Um, is what will I think attract the people that you really want to work with. But you have to be honest with yourself of like, okay, what's really important to me? Like, how do I really want to put this out there? You have to do that fearlessly. That can take work, you know, to put out there. Like I keep changing my website and what it says on there of like what I do. And I'm just trying to constantly refine the message and be more true to myself and realize, yeah, some people are going to resonate with that. Some won't. Meditation group. I got five, seven people out of 300. Okay, that's cool. But I can help those five to seven people. I'll help. If I got to sit there by myself, fine, I'll do that. But I will be there for whoever comes in the door. Right. And so realizing that it is a big world. If you are true to yourself, you will find the people that you want to work with. Will it take work? Absolutely. Will it take iteration? Absolutely. But if we look at it from, especially in the tech space, how do we build software, right? Like these things don't magic their way into existence like perfectly bug-free and whatnot. No, mm-hmm. you gotta build it up over time. Project at work. It took, we're about to roll out to uh, what's called Chain, which is every Walmart store in the US. It's taken us almost a year to get to that point. Why? Because we iterate, we iterate, we iterate. And 
when we start off those projects, we just start off with a vision. Hey, this is what we ultimately want, right? And we build up. It's amazing to me how we will work in that way with software, but we won't do that for ourselves. Hmm. Like I do that and I'm not talking. And I'm, when I say we, I mean me also. Absolutely. Like mm-hmm. I will say, oh, that's the end in mind. Well, why am I not there already? And it's like, come on, man. Like, really? Really? Like, do you, do you operate that way? Like on a daily basis at work? No, you don't. You iterate. You iterate. So giving yourself the time to really operate, especially for all the tech folks listening to this, operate in the same way in which you do at work. Just do that with the business, right? Start off. Okay, what's the vision? Go big. Like, how are you going to do that? Who the hell knows? But guess what? We're going to keep working our way to that, right? Like, mm-hmm. let me build some Docker containers. Let me write some code. Let me write some tests. See what happens. Oh, crap. The computer hates me, obviously, because it's not working. Let me try <laughs> something else, right? Like, we iterate. And so we can absolutely apply that exact same methodology to how we improve our lives, how we build a business on the side. And then one day we'll wake up and be like, holy shit, like, I am now doing this full time. Like, this is now my job. Like, this is incredible. Uh, just like, oh, my God, I've been here for a year, and now we're rolling this thing out to, you know, to 5,000 stores. Like, how did that happen? Well, it happened, like, one day at a time, figuring out where we want to go, adjusting the trajectory, right, as we go. Maybe that vision ultimately doesn't form exactly as we think it will, mm-hmm. right? But still, the, the essence of what it is we wanted is out there. And that's, that's what's really important, too, not getting so caught up in the format of how we think something should I exactly be? Because then we can also miss a lot of magic. Yeah. That, I honestly will like shut up and <laughs> I want to hear from you, man. <laughs> well, well, I mean, basically what you were just saying made me think like, okay, so, so if you must have this, this thing manifest the way you initially, you know, dreamed it up, it's almost kind of egotistical to think that it would actually manifest in, in that exact form, you know, to have that foresight, is kind of egotistical. That was just the thought that I had. Like, I wouldn't so close. I would say it's so we always want to have a vision of the outcome. Mm-hmm. However, if we attach ourselves to that exact vision, then we can miss something that's even better. So, okay. one of the things I've learned, like with affirmations, is you you know you dream up whatever it is you want, but then you say or something better. Because something better might come along and it might be in a very different format uh, Hmm. than you expect. So yeah, you always want to start off definitely with that vision. But if you attach yourself to exactly how that thing should show up, then what we're really doing is setting ourselves up for failure. Because when it doesn't show up, when my company doesn't get enormous for some reason, then, oh my God, I'm crushed. I'm a failure. Oh, you know, it didn't come out exactly as I thought it would. So obviously I am doing something wrong and I am horrible at this and blah, 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 blah. Right. Like the ego really grabs onto that crap and Mm -hmm. like rides it like a freaking Bronco. (laughs) Right. So, so it's not getting, it's definitely having that vision, continuing toward that vision, but then allowing that whatever the ultimate outcome is, is allowing that to, to happen. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm, I might have to replay this part and chew on it a little bit, but I'm, I'm uh, certainly resonating with what you're saying there. Uh, I wanted to dig into the, because uh, you, you kind of touched on this and I just want to dig into it. You, you had an algorithm for becoming profitable in six months and uh, I, I summed it up as a positive intention, a free offer, and then building your network. 
Mm-hmm. So what does the implementation of that look like? Like, what would you do first? Sure. So so what I've been doing, <clears throat> at least with the, the current format of my business, um, and looking at, okay, how do I get people in the door? How do I give them a taste of, of what it is that I do? And then just allow my, then allow the opportunity or create the opportunity to then make an offer to turn someone from a free client into a paying client. Now there's a lot of ways that people do that with marketing stuff. Could be eBooks or if you do meditation, right? Doing that, or it could be, Hey, I'm, you know, an engineer. Okay. So, you know, what do you do? You're selling what, like hourly services, whatever. I mean, you could have an offer, as I think about now, like just something that's useful to people. Maybe that's you put something on a website that they can then, um, you know, do that's kind of, as I'm thinking about it here, like, yeah, that would definitely take some noodling of, of what to do, honestly. But mm-hmm. the formula though, ultimately is, is still the same. And so the formula, and again, I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> I just learned this over time is you got to, I think, with any business, people are working with people and people will work with people that they trust. And so how do you build up trust with people that don't know you from anything and then create the opportunity to then have that person become a paying client? And that is offering your service in some way, shape or form for free. Now you could say a limited thing of like, hey, um, and actually I've done this previously where, Hey, like I, you have an application you want to build. I will perform like a free scoping exercise for you and just start doing consulting of how we can make this thing that you want become like a reality. And so that will be, um, you know, that will be the free thing that I offer. And so, okay, what are you doing? You're building a huge amount of trust with people. You're increasing your own skills for consulting and working people through problems and all this. Will everyone that you do that work, um, you know, ultimately work with you and become a paying client? Probably, Probably not. not. But yeah. still, are you still building a valuable skill that you need anyway? Yes. Are you building trust with people? Yes. Could you also, though, trade that and say, look, I will do this for you. However, what I want is, is like a testimonial for this service that I'm offering you. So you can trade because also testimonials are very powerful things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very important for your business as well. Cause someone could come to your website and be like, wow, this guy's worked with like 10, 15, 20 people, even though they're free clients, you still worked with all these people. You have all this expertise. People are saying how awesome it was to work with you, how much fun, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the people come to your website don't necessarily know if that person was a paying client or not or whatnot. Um, but you can still put that out there. And so, yeah, but the point though is though, is that you have to build up trust with people somehow. And so what aspect of what it is you do, can you offer for free to then say, Hey, okay, you know, I've delivered this service. I thought we worked out really well. Um, you know, here's the discount, you know, normally I charge, let's say 100, just for easy math. Cause math is not my thing. Like a hundred dollars, you know, usually I'm, I'm charging like a hundred dollars an hour. Uh, but because you took my offer, you know, I'll give you for our first project, $75. So like a 25% discount or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, if you have issues around, oh, I'm devaluing myself and whatnot, 
I don't want to say get over it because that's not possible. Just like get over it. No, it's like work out your beliefs to deal with this. <laughs> right. But um, so, but yeah. then you can offer them the discount, which then does increase the likelihood that they will become a paying client. Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff I see is win wins. So uh, it's one of the things that makes me think of that Jack Canfield says is asking, asking for what it is you want from people. So people have a lot of fear in asking for what they want. Why? Because they think they might be rejected. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have a lot of fear of even saying stuff to people because we think they might reject us, frankly. So what he says is, he says, you're no worse off than you were before you asked. So let's say I want something from you, Ben. I could sit here and be like, oh my God, Ben's not going to do it, blah, blah, blah. And what? Nothing happens literally because I have not asked. I've taken no action to, to get what I want. Hmm. However, I could say, Ben, I would like to do X or I would like you to do X for me and I will give you Y or whatever it is. You might still say no, but am I any worse off than I was before? No, because I didn't have it before and I don't have it now. But actually, I would say that you're better off because you have gotten more strength in the being able to ask. So Jack has a story where hmm. he went to like a hundred and something publishers before someone finally picked up chicken soup for the soul. He sold that business ultimately for like $90 million, mind you, like hundreds of wow. books, like insane, and rolled mm -hmm. it into another business because he didn't take no for an answer, but he kept asking because he didn't let the no hold him back. So I look at free offers like that. So mm -hmm. I could offer you something for free and okay, I could say, well, it's a waste of my time because I'm not getting any money, whatever, or, I could shift my belief and say, no, what am I gaining? I am gaining a testimonial. I am gaining more experience working with people. Am I any worse off than I was before? No, in fact, I'm better off because I'm refining, I'm honing my craft. So I really had to do this with tarot card reading because at first I'm like, oh, well, you know, people that are in this are charging like $80 an hour, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I must charge. And I'm like, yeah, but no one knows me and like what I can really do. So I gotta dial this stuff back. Like let's let reality, in this instance, I will let reality dictate a bit more of how I'm gonna operate. Mm -hmm. So I dial that back and I say, okay, now, I gotta give people something to let them know that I can really do this thing. So right, I'll give them a free reading, but I'll do one card. So one card, it won't take me too much time. I can do it via email on my own time within a certain, you know, 72 hours, whatever, whatever. And then I will make the offer. I will offer them a discount to then get into my full service. Do 100% of those people turn over into paying clients? No, but do enough people? Absolutely, right? Like I have a fairly good, um, God damn, what's the word for it? I was about to say turnover rate. That's not it. But, you know, conversion rate. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I need another cup of coffee. The, the, um, the opposite of turnover, I guess. Yeah, yeah. the opposite of turnover. But, <laughs> no, and then you look at that. It's like, okay, well, not everyone's going to convert, but I also right. get to hone my craft as I go doing these readings for people. I've gotten really great feedback, even from people that haven't become paying clients. And that makes me feel really good. So mm -hmm. you can increase the likelihood, yeah, that you can become profitable like pretty quick if you just, again, shift those beliefs around, oh, well, I can, I am a software developer, I do hourly work, I must charge X amount of money. Okay, great, but there's probably something that you do in working with people that you can offer for free and at least get a testimonial, at least hone your craft of that. And even if they might not work with you, I've had people refer me to other people, 
that became paying clients. Mm-hmm. So, you know, cause I offer this one person something for free. So I think that's really it. So figuring out what it is that you do that you can offer for free, that's a win-win. And then also gives you the ability to make the full offer, right? Like I say, no obligation cause I don't like to be salesy, but I still have to put, you got to put the offer out there. Right. Otherwise no one's going to take advantage and you'd make no money and you kind of need money. Cause that's like the human world. Right. So, <laughs> and yep. so I'll say, look, no obligation. You know, you got a lot out of this reading. If you want to do a full reading, here's the discount code. Here's the link to sign up for a time with me. And then I leave it at that. And then I put them in my autoresponders like MailChimp, right. Which will automatically follow up with the folks. Cause also follow up with people that even if they get you, uh, get your free service, they might not, maybe they don't have the money right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're not fully ready. Like you gave them, you know, a full solid service. They're like, holy crap, there's a lot of stuff I really have to think about. But then later on, they'll become a client. I've had people like that where I offer this thing for free. And a year later, they became a paying client and mm-hmm. I made a bunch of money. And like, if I hadn't given them something in the beginning, I would have gotten nothing at all. Yeah. So, does that answer your question? Yeah, what that's, I mean, that that's like, certainly, uh, there's probably many ways to, to tackle that, but I, um, I, I kind of just got lost in the answer reflecting on my own situation. So you'll have to forgive me. Like I, what you, what you were just saying is super practical. You could probably take that and go implement, change your business today is, is, uh, there's, there's certainly some nuggets in there and, and possibly even like a little hidden nugget was the fact that like you were talking about how we work, they thought like everybody was their customer and how you kind of need to have some sort of conversion rate, you know, like maybe 50% or something like that. Cause that means you're, you're, you're speaking to someone. There's people that are not your customers and then people that are. So I think that's, I think that's good to be able to have, um, uh, I guess when, when, when conducting business that, you know, that you've niched down. I think that's like, to me, that's been super hard to select that niche. And so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you have any insight on that, but yeah, absolutely. So at least the way that I approach niching, right. Is more along the lines of like, what kind of people do I really want to work with? And I have had, Oh my God, I've had people that I had to fire clients before because they like berated uh, my engineers. And I'm like, if you don't treat them well, I'm going to fire you. And I had to, uh, with, mm. with one client in the past. So I look at it. So the niche that I go for is who do I think I can help the best and who do I really enjoy working with? And then, okay, so what, what do I have to say to those people? Really? And then that's where kind of the marketing comes from is, so what do I, and I did this, frankly, I did the same thing at work. Like, Okay, I want to work with people that are constantly learning, right? So what's important to them? They're constantly learning. They're just nice, generally speaking, optimistic people, um, you know, open to the messages that I am going to be giving them, blah, 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 blah. So you start listing out the attributes of those, but not like, oh, well, they're guys or girls. I mean, that can maybe help. But when you start like refining the message, but in the beginning, it's, it is, it's like, what are, what kind of people do you really want to work with that you could most help? Like what's going to be the most fun, frankly? Cause if you get a bunch of customers you hate and that kind of sucks, like you could be mm-hmm. making some money and like hate every freaking minute of it. And then, right. you know, what work do you really want to do? Like when you're working with these people, like, okay, yeah, it's software. That's pretty broad. Like, do you want to do 
all sorts of stuff? Or do you want to work on certain types of applications? Or one of the things I was thinking about actually before you and I started speaking was, you know, what do I most want to learn? So especially in, in software, I found the, uh, in, in especially in teaching, I will set up an environment where I need to learn something like pretty damn quick because I've made a commitment to teach it to other people. <laughs> or, <laughs> hey, yeah. I want to get projects that are doing something that I'm really interested in. And guess what? Now I could find clients, obviously doing the legwork, right? But I could find clients that will pay me to learn what I want to learn and grow my skills in a certain area. Oh my God. Okay, great. So then mm. you write that stuff as if you already know what the heck you're doing. Like, and some people might say, oh, well, that seems disingenuous, but not really, not to me. I mean, you, if you are confident in your capability to learn like stuff really quick and you can make it, you know, you can make it happen or you will make it happen. Like you might mm -hmm. not charge a client every hour that you work because you are learning. So you're just going to, you know, take that as kind of a, a hit, but you can get people to pay you to learn new things uh, and have a lot of fun doing it uh, hmm. at the same time. So that's what I look at as niche, not necessarily like, oh, well, I'm going to work with like men or like women of ages X to Y, right? In like this area of the world, like, no, 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 no. I speak to a psychological demographic mm -hmm. more than anything else. Cause then you can find out like what messages really resonate with these people to, to get them in the door. And then that goes back again to the whole, like meet them where they are, not where you wish they would be. But mm -hmm. then you tell them what is possible for them by speaking to where they're at currently. Hmm. I don't know if that helps you at all with the whole niche, the niche thing. Yeah, I, th I think it, it definitely, uh, well, as far as I'm concerned, like when it comes to me, like you can count on me to like really like complicate like the simple things. And so I think the tool that you just provided was another angle to look at it that hopefully brings some clarity to that scenario. I mean, I, I certainly feel like I got some some clarity out of that as well. So. I mean, yeah, who do you want to work with instead of trying to figure out like, uh, you know, the, the Facebook marketing like groupings, you know, that you'll be uh, talking to. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, it's super easy. I think especially for us as engineers to get caught up in the team oh, yeah. of like all the little stuff. I see it all the time at work too, man. It's when people, people say, okay, I need, oh my God, like I need a data platform. And they're like, okay, well, what are the pieces I need to put together? It's like, no, 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 no. That's like top down. We need to work bottom up. It's like, what does the data even need to look like? How are we going to use this data? Like, what are the use cases around it? Let's not start grabbing the Lego pieces, mm -hmm. right? Because you could end up with something and you're like, oh, crap, this doesn't actually give us what we want, right? Yeah. So with the business, like those are those Lego pieces. Oh, Facebook and Instagram. Oh, God, I got to do social media and I got to like blog and write stuff like every day and blah, blah. Oh, my God, right? Like there's so much stuff that can be done. And that's, that's, uh, I mean, that's secondary. That's secondary. The yeah. primary thing is like, what do I want to do? Like, how can I most help people? And who the heck do I want to do that for? That, and that takes some thinking sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's, it can be easier if you look at, okay, well, at which points in my life have I had the most fun? Like, who have I had the most fun with? What projects? Like, what are the attributes of those people on those projects that just seem to everything coalesced. Hopefully each of us has at least something there. And if it's not something that's mm -hmm. happened at work where like work has just sucked and you're like, Oh my God, I hate all these people that I work with. If that's right. the case, 
then take it out of software and say, hey, like when I was growing up, like what were the attributes of the people that I had the most fun uh, doing these projects with? Like what are their beliefs? Like how do they operate? Um, are they joking around? Are they super serious? Are they like coat and tie people? Like what, right? And so you can, you just get, just look at examples from your own life of like, when have I had the most fun? And then hmm. right, just start writing that stuff down and then find those people. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm not like physically taking notes, but I will be uh, replaying this part. So thanks for sharing. That. That's the good thing about having it recorded, right? <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. We got, we got this. Um, man, I, I was super, you touched on something that would be a perfect segue. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause you were talking about goals and kind of having this clarity, uh, before, before you really move forward. So I don't want to, I don't want to lose that thread. Uh, but before we move on, I was just curious, what was your biggest takeaway from building multiple tech and marketing startups? That's a really good question. Um, I'll say that I'll say when I, I don't want to approach it from a negative standpoint, but I think almost in this case, I kind of have to. So okay. where, you know, where I got into the most trouble was when I just started doing stuff to get money. Um, hmm. When I started buying into, oh, like, you know, I got to get this thing big. How am I going to, what can I do to make this thing big? Like even before I started, my idea was like, you know, we start off with this big idea and it's like, oh my God, like, how do I get from zero to 100? How do I get from this like food truck to freaking Starbucks, right? Like it's crazy town. Mm -hmm. um, and when I got caught up in that so much, then things just went wrong. And if I ever, as I was building things up, um, started buying into that again, then things went like seriously wrong uh, with mm -hmm. my business. And so from a starting at zero standpoint, you know, the biggest lesson I learned across any of these things is taking the time up front. It's basically what we just talked about, Ben, which is taking the time up front. Yes, you have a big vision, but getting really clear on what I really want to provide to people. Like, what am I really providing to people? And getting like super honest with myself about what I really want to give. How can I really, really, truly help people? And then who do I, who do I think I can help the most? And starting from that standpoint, so many times I started off with, oh, well, I've gained X and Y skills. So I can immediately just go out and make money uh, because I could like freelance. Um, you know, I'll take literally anything that comes my way. And that's like, nah, it's, you know, those things haven't turned out good. I'll get like, three fourths of the way through a project. Now it, it'll just be a struggle to finish. And it's like, mm -hmm. why? It's like, cause I'm not really into this like at all. I just yeah. took this for money. You know, like that's it. Um, and again, it's, you know, if you're operating from a solid base, again, starting, you know, get the full-time job, get your base in place so that you're not operating from a position of, Oh my God, I need money now. Cause that, that just puts you in a really bad headspace. So, mm, you know, yeah. building up a business on the side, I think for anybody is, is uh, is number one right there. At least that's the biggest lesson I learned. That's how things went really well for me. 
build up a business on the side, you know, so you have your at least material needs covered. Uh, having, you know, getting really clear on what I really want to provide to people. What really is like the passionate thing that I have in me? Because when you do that, and again, this cliche, sorry, I'm going to bust out some cliches, right? It doesn't become work. Like, yeah, you got to freaking do stuff, right? But you enjoy doing all of these things. You enjoy waking up and being like, all right, I'm going to do some marketing today. Why not? Like, what's fun? Okay, great. Because you're coming from that place of like, this is how I know I can most help people. Right. And then, you know, speaking to those people, find those people, where are they at? Like what messages resonate with those folks? Um, and then working through just doing it until it freaking happens. Right. And that's the thing is perseverance is hugely underrated. Maybe it's not underrated. Maybe I just think it's underrated, but it is super underrated because things will just get tough, man. Like as you're trying to build this, oh my God, the clients aren't coming in, blah, blah, blah. And it's amazing where I call it like time, time can collapse, right? So we experience time as linear. And it's like we were saying earlier, all of a sudden you'll wake up and you're like, oh my God, I'm doing this as my full-time job, right? Like you might be doing stuff consistently over and over. Clients aren't coming in. You might think, oh my God, I got to put out a different message, whatever. No, like stick with it. Stick with it. Find the people. Just try something different. Um, I have a, on my phone case, it says, if the plan, what is it? Let me get this out. It says, if the plan doesn't work, change the plan, but never the goal. It's a quote from Anonymous. I got it on my phone, so I don't forget <laughs> it. I got this phone case off Etsy, so I remember this stuff. Right? So you don't change the goal. You just try something different, but also giving, giving the time to allow the thing that you're trying to actually work in the first place. Mm. Meaning, don't start changing your messaging literally like day to day to day to day, because then you'll just confuse the hell out of people. So stick with the core. Find different ways of trying to deliver that message. Uh, but again, taking the time in the first place to get really, really clear on at least this point in time, what do you think you can do to best serve somebody else? And how do you want to deliver that? And who do you want to do that for? Uh, and then just sticking with it until it happens. Because one day, I promise you, if you're true to yourself and you keep iterating, just like we do in software, right? You keep iterating, not too quickly, right? We work in sprints right? We work in sprints. So, you know, not too quickly, but you keep iterating, keep trying new things, but no matter what you try, always staying true to the core of who you are, being in integrity, having your message, keep putting that out there. Like it will happen. There are examples all around us of this stuff happening. I remember when Gary, let's take Gary Vaynerchuk. He's great, right? He does like crazy shit. I yeah. don't know if he's bought the New York Jets. I remember he always wanted to do that, <laughs> right? But he's doing all this stuff. But I remember yeah. when that guy was going to like, speaking at Ruby on Rails conferences to a bunch of tech people. Okay. I'm like, what? Like, you know, like, <laughs> and he, he started out just doing friggin' videos for his father's uh, wine store when no one was doing video, right? Yeah. So people might like deify him as this guru of all things, but the guy started out just like doing stuff being true to himself, like being, being Gary and just putting that out there and having a knowing that even if I don't see it right this minute, like it is happening. It is happening. Like it is, there is no way it is not happening. So whatever we have to do to get that knowing, not just a, yeah, like I think it'll work out, but like a, no, I freaking know this will work out. Like I knew that my web development business was going to be a success. I just mm -hmm. knew it. And I'm like, cause I can, freaking do it like why because i know i freaking can that's why and that was it like that's all i needed and then i just freaking did the work to make it happen right and so mm -hmm. that knowing 
and again, being patient with yourself. So there's this um, book that I've read, the best book on mindfulness I've ever read by this guy. Uh, I call him Bhante G. He's actually in a, a forest monastery, the Sri Lankan monk. This dude's like 80. He is amazing, this guy. Anyway, he's, and then he lives like an hour and a half away from my house, so I'm super lucky. Um, but he wrote a book called Mindfulness in Plain English. And one of the phrases, and I use this all the time, really stood out to me. He says, when trying to focus on your breath and meditation, our minds are going to wander, but gently bring yourself back. And that's the key, gently bringing yourself back. So as you're moving forward, oh my God, the stuff is not happening. Gently bring yourself back. Stick to the core message. You know, stick to knowing that knowing. It can be difficult to get that knowing. You might have to do some work in order to get that knowing. Maybe you got to build up some skills so that you feel more confident in yourself. Maybe you you got to start dismantling some beliefs that you've held for a long time to get that knowing. Whatever you have to do to get that knowing that you will absolutely be a success, that you can absolutely help people. Maybe it's just doing it for free. It's like, crap, would I like to make money, right? Building software for other people? Yeah, but do I think I can? Not really. Okay, well, what do you have to do to believe that you can freaking deliver for people? Maybe it's just freaking like, you know, do it for free. It, okay, people are going to be like, I don't want to do it for free. It's like, tough shit. Fucking do it for free. You know, yeah. if that's what it takes, seriously, man, what, if that's yeah. what it takes to, to get the, the knowing that you can, do, you can do this, whatever you have to do to build up the evidence to have that knowing, that's what you need to do. You get the knowing because once you have that knowing, that is one of the most unstoppable i will say that is the most unstoppable force on the face of the earth and mm -hmm. it's when we lose that knowing and we start getting caught up in the oh my god it's not happening fast enough i gotta go bigger better faster stronger whatever blah, blah, blah. no 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 you don't like you're good gently bring yourself back it's like whoa that was crazy shit like let me bring myself back so i don't know if we can cuss like i'm getting super excited and i tend to cuss when i get excited no it's it's perfect man um, this is great cool it's like you know you can you know, you gently bring yourself back, gently bring yourself back. Maybe you need a friend to talk to and you're like, dude, I'm going nuts, blah, 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 blah. Right. That was also, I'd say one of the biggest mistakes that I made as an entrepreneur was not having other people that I bounced ideas off of. I got way up in my own head, you know, and then mm -hmm. the ego was like, Oh, let me just hammer the crap out of you. until you feel like crap that you're not doing enough and blah, blah, blah. This is, sorry, this is the ego like hammering me on the head. Right. Like, <laughs> um, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in that crap and having someone else is just like, dude, you know, chill the fuck out, like relax. You're okay. Right. Gently bring yourself back, gently bring yourself back. Um, and then just hmm. keep that focus, keep that knowing that it is happening. Like it is happening. It's happening. I think of the emoji, like, sorry, the gif. It's like, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's what I see in my head. Right. Cause once you know that, like literally nothing will stop you and you will wake up every freaking day and you're like, this is amazing. This is happening. Sit down, do some meditation, five minutes, visualize it. It is freaking happening. Like you gather the evidence. This is crazy. This is freaking happening. You know, and you just do that. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 uh, the knowing is what you called it, right? Yeah. The knowing, man, that is legit. Yeah. Thanks for dropping that knowledge bomb. And I'm curious, what is the big domino that you need to knock over that would allow you to go full time with your impact business? Right on. And Sorry, my, uh, my essential oil diffuser here is about to like light on fire. So let me just like blow the candle out of here. I always forget to like put more water in it. And that's like, there's oil. It's gargling. Uh, I like night smelling things, Ben. I can't, I'm just going to say it. I'm, I'm hey, I got, I got like, one right here. There you go. Right on. Yeah, I need one of those electronic ones. That'll be good. Um, so 
what you know what i need to go full time so i am really happy you asked that because the big domino yeah the big domino so okay this is going to sound like crazy as hell to a lot of people but this is the conclusion i came to yeah i was like how can i make spiritual based work my full time job and then and i talk about i mean most of what we've talked about a lot today is is beliefs and it's like well what if i just believe that i am doing all the spiritually based work full time and my job isn't necessarily a hobby but it's kind of a hobby right like that's yes it's paying all the bills and all that but i just shift my mindset to like my full time job my full time job isn't really my full time job my full time job is doing spiritually based work and the thing that just so happens to be making you know most of the money right now is this thing that most people label a job but that's really kind of what I'm doing for fun so that I can build up this other thing, right? Like my mm -hmm. hobby is making me money now and my full-time job is what I'm really shifting into. So mm -hmm. as bogus as that might sound to some people, that totally freaking worked for me, man. And I'm like, okay, great. So I am now doing my, my, what I'm passionate about full-time. So how do I gain evidence that that's really a thing? Well, let's see. I am you know, having more open conversations with people, telling them how much I appreciate them, how I feel I'm um, you know, I'm meditating every day. I am running a meditation group. I am offering, you know, I'm doing tarot card readings full time. I walked into a crystal store yesterday and just ha asked the lady, hey, do you happen to need a card reader? Uh, and she's like, uh, yeah, we do on the weekends. I'm like, well, that's amazingly perfect because I can come in on a Sunday. Like, <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you, universe. Right. Um, she's like, would you be willing to come and do some uh, small card readings for us. I'm like, absolutely. Like, I'll do a full on one. I don't care. Whatever it takes. Like, what do we need to do to make this happen? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Cause it's like what I do. Right. So I'm gathering the data that it is. And ultimately over time, that shift will happen. So what is the, what, and it's never one thing, man. Like it's never one thing that just happens to like tip it. I know you said that and I'm just going <laughs> to have to be like, sorry, that's not, at least not for me. It's been the one thing. It is the, all this series of things that we do that yeah. all of a sudden we wake up and we're like, Oh my God, I'm doing this full time. Like when I started my web development business, it was building up to a point where I had to make a choice. I could either go full time and keep building that business up and be doing that. Or I would have to let that fall by the wayside. Um, Cause I got this like place I need to be like eight or more hours a day. Right. And so I just, I didn't think of, well, what is that? I just knew that there would be a tipping point where I would have to make a decision. And I will just do whatever I need to do to build up this other thing. And then that one day, whenever it is, when that tipping point occurs, I will then make the choice. I'm a huge fan of deferring a choice until the last minute. There's actually, I think there's a whole book that someone wrote on deferring choice until the last minute, right? Especially so, if there's an expense involved. That's some engineering economics, but uh, I digress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, very true. Very true. Right. But so what is that one thing? Honestly, I don't know what that one thing will be. I just keep, I'm just focused on focusing on, you know, powerfully serving people to the best I can being open to opportunities as they arise, being awake enough to realize when the opportunities come like, mm -hmm. Oh, Hey, I could do a meditation group at work. Like I didn't think that was even possible six months ago, uh, right. but apparently it is. So I'm doing it. Uh, you know, and so just keep working on it until that tipping point occurs because it will. And then one day you'll be like, oh, crap. Now I got to make a choice. I can either stick with this full-time job or leave that and go off, 
right? And yeah. one of the things too that can really help is if you're able to save some money, then that helps with the risk equation, right? Because then it's math at that point. It's like, mm -hmm. well, wait a second, how much am I making with this other thing? Like, am I able to pay my bills? Da 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 da. Uh, some of the exercises also that I went through that really helped was um, it's very very simple math. I love like simple algebraic things. Um, and so it's basically okay. In five years, how much money do you think you will be making? All right. So given that number. And then you got to take away taxes. That's another huge thing that I learned with business. Like you can say, oh, I made 200,000. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Like <laughs> I got hit one year with a $30,000 tax bill from the government. Yeah, that was exciting. Like that's the biggest check I've ever written in my life to the government. Like here's 30 grand. Uh, yeah. So, so take not what your pay is, take what your, well, I mean, yeah, you kind of have to. Wait a minute, take the money. What am I going to be making in five years? Okay, what's the hourly rate of that? Okay, well, how many hours can I work on my side business each year to start replacing that? So in other words, if I'm working 40 hours a week now, how many hours do I have to work or what hourly rate do I have to charge now if I just want to supplement one day? Maybe it's a half a day of my job right now. So, okay, I'm going to work four hours a week on my side business. I got to make X. And then you basically start replacing your hmm. full-time job income with like whatever your side business is. But you plan that out, not in like one year, like, oh, I want to exit this business, like my full-time job in a year may or may not happen depending on how much money you're making and your lifestyle. But if you think, okay, five years, I want to be doing my thing full-time. All right. How do I start replacing my full-time income with this side business? So then it becomes easier. Oh, well, I don't all of a sudden right now, as I sit here today, have to replace 40 hours of my job with my side business. It's only eight. Okay, well, how do I get eight hours? Well, what time am I waking up? Oh, well, yeah, great. Like I wake up an hour earlier, all of a sudden I have like seven more hours of time per week that I can do. I wake up two hours earlier, so now I have 14 hours. Oh, great, okay. Now I have 14 hours available to work on my side business. I could be providing services to people. Um, all right, you just start supplementing like that. So maybe year one is, all right, my goal is, by the end of this year, I want to supplement eight hours of my full-time job and per week. And then next year, it's going to be 16, right? And then 24 and then 32. And then all of a sudden, I've replaced like 40 hours because I'm making so much money on the side. And then you're like, tipping points. Or it might not mm. even take five years. Maybe it takes two because you're so amazing and awesome, which of course everyone is, right? <laughs> so, but it could happen. Like you, yeah. you don't know when that's going to come, but it's chunking it up, chunking it up make something enormous and seemingly impossible a lot more easier to digest. Like it's easier for me to think, oh, well, I just have to get enough clients by the end of this year, not right now, by the end of this year to supplement eight hours of my full-time income. Can I do that in a year? Yeah. Like that sounds a lot easier than supplementing 40 hours. That's, that's for damn sure. Hmm. Right? So make it easy, whatever it is, whatever you got to do to make it easier. Maybe it's just, oh, by the end of the year, I'm supplementing four hours of my income. Okay, great. Do that. And then figure out what the hourly rate is and then look at kind of like what people are charging in your area to adjust, realizing you're new. So you give yourself the leeway to, okay, by the end of the year, I want to make $100 an hour. Can I do that right now? Maybe, maybe not. Let's say not. Okay, that's fine. But by the end of the year, I want to make $100 an hour. Okay, so where can I start? And then you just start and then you freaking just do shit. Just do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, I, I certainly kind of, allow myself to get inundated with like, okay, here, you know, here's like all these steps you have to take, but just incremental day by day, have this vision and be 
loosely, somebody uh, on one of the podcasts had mentioned something like have strong uh, beliefs held weekly or something like that, like allow for some motion to, mm. to occur. But yeah, just, uh, uh, just be incremental and have some faith and uh, just tell yourself that you're already doing it. To me, that's reflecting like the outside looking uh, into your answer here. It's like you've already knocked the domino over in your head. Like this is happening basically is yeah. kind of what I, what I got or out it's of habit, right? Like, yeah. okay. Am I making, like, am I making a full-time income doing this? No, but is it it's in motion? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Or has it even happened? Like, how do I figure out that it's already happened, that I'm doing it? Well, I can definitely do that in my mind until it manifests into reality. So that's mm-hmm. where that whole, uh, as you were saying earlier, right, the whole vision of what you want to be, but then not getting again, so attached, at least for me, not getting so attached into the specificity of the outcome. As an example, I, I, this is ridiculous now that I say it out loud, but I'll say it out loud. Um, at one point I thought, okay, if I want to manifest this like new business, what I have to do is I have to get super detailed and spend all this time visualizing. I would literally take like 45 to 50 minutes per day visualizing what it, my perfect day is having this business. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is ridiculous because I'm spending 50, I mean, I meditate a lot, but you know, like 50 minutes visualizing this thing that the more I do, like the less I kind of buy into. It's like, oh my God, like, okay, what's the essence of that though that I want? It's me having a great time, enjoying my work, working with people, you know, being in a beautiful open space, um, you know, nice smelling things, right? Like the essential oils, you know, like beautiful stuff like this. And I'm like, so are there other ways in which that could happen for me? Absolutely. So, okay, well then let me focus on the essence of what I want as opposed to the specificity of what I want. And I think that's a lot easier to, at least it is for me to hold on to on a daily basis than a, no, I must have like a company with a hundred people offering X, Y, and Z service, making X amount of money, and this is what my house looks like. And this is what my car looks like. And blah, 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 blah. Like that, at least for me, that doesn't work. Maybe it's because I'm an engineer and I can get like really stuck in that. Um, you know, like really stuck. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. So look at the, the essence of what it is you want. Because that then, that is how, that to me is the key. That it is already happening. It is like, it is now. Like it's not present. Like you have what you want right now. So how is that? Okay, well, what do I want? I want to work with awesome people. Okay, am I working with awesome people at my job? Absolutely. I want to you know, operate from a spiritual basis. Am I doing that? Absolutely, I am. Like I walk into work yesterday, I'm like, hey, Grant, you know, this is how I feel. Like I'm coaching people at work, whether they know it or not, right? Like doing this stuff. Um, you don't coach without permission, so I don't do deep coaching, but it's like, a, hey, man, let me help you adjust your belief around this so like you don't get upset and quit because mm-hmm. we need you. Um, you know, so am I doing that right now? Absolutely. Am I waking up on a daily basis happy and connecting with my higher self? Absolutely. Like everything that I want, one, two, three, five years from now, I can have it literally right now. When I look at the essence, not the specificity of that thing, but what does that thing give me? Like, why do I want to make certain money? Is it the money? No, it's like security. I want to know that I can have the freedom to do what is I want? Do I have freedom right now? Yeah. Technically, I could walk out and quit my job right now. Well, I know because I'd be dumb. But do I have the freedom to do that? Absolutely, I do. Do I have the freedom to help people on the side? 
doing tarot cards. Absolutely. Do I have the freedom to walk into work and be like, yeah, people, I do tarot cards. What's up? You know, to a bunch of engineers, <laughs> right? And not worry about their judgment. Right. Absolutely. That is right now. So what I want is the essence of what I want isn't five years from now. It is literally right now. And that is what I maintain the focus on. And then just try and powerfully serve people the best that I can and do what I'm inspired to do. Because I know that what it is I ultimately want isn't in the future. It is in what people call the eternal present moment. It is like freaking right now. And it can mm -hmm. be right now for literally anybody. So don't get so caught up in the, oh, it has to look exactly like this. What is it that you really get from that? Is it security? Is it happiness? Is it joy? Is it waking up you know, and having a calm, peaceful mind, not getting so wrapped up in stuff? What is that? Because that you can have right now. You don't have to wait for that. Like, there's no point waiting for it because we got it right now. We can have it. You might have to do some work. Don't get me wrong, right? Like shift some beliefs. Ooh, I've had to like get rid of some like really long, long, like 30 year long beliefs. Like it's, it's rough. It takes some processing. I'm not going to lie. I want to, I want to dig into that a little bit. How do you like, what are the tools that you use to shift out of those long held beliefs? That was literally the next, I know we're over time here too. So I want to be respectful of that. Whatever you um, got to do to edit, man. That's cool. Okay. I, yeah, I understand. Um, <laughs> so there's just your time, your actual time though. It's like, uh, we, okay. we've been going on, we're, we're doing good for you. This is amazing, man. I'm having a great time. I don't okay. know about you, but I'm having oh, a great no, time. Oh, no, I am certainly time. as well. So, carry, yeah, carry on. The tools that I, you use for shifting those long-held long beliefs. Yeah, so there's, there's um, a few methods I, I really like. So I'll give some options for people depending on, you know, like where they're at and what they're open to. Um, so one is, one that I've used to great effect is uh, in a book called The Work by Byron Katie. And Byron Katie had, it's basically four questions. So once you identify what the belief is that's not serving you, and that's really easy. All you have to do is think, okay, what is pissing me off? Like, what, what, like, what am I really unhappy about? That's the indication. There's a gap, yeah. right? Like, there's a gap between how things are and how you want them to be. If you are upset, that's the sign, people. That's the sign. Like, you remember this guy's <laughs> like, here's your sign? It's like, yeah, here's your sign, people. Like, you're upset. So, Okay, I'm upset about something. So you got to write down, you write down, okay, what am I upset about? How do I want it to be? Right? So once you get the how you want it to be, it's like, okay, well, is this true? Like, and what belief do you have around how you want it to be? As an example, with this guy at work, right? I'm upset. Why am I upset? Because this dude I feel is acting out of integrity. He's causing problems for the team. Um, it's causing me consternation. This is not how any of this is supposed to work, right? Like he is delegating stuff in an agile environment. I'm like, what? You don't do that in agile? Um, oh yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so right, so gap, obviously gap, gap. Still obviously working through this, but anyway. So I have a belief. Okay, well, what do I believe? Well, I believe that he should be. I am upset because I believe he should be a certain way. Oh really? Well, is that true? Is it on like honestly? 100% true. Should he really should he really be this way? No. No, that's not true. He shouldn't be any certain way. Just he is how he is, right? Okay. Is it true? Is it really true? Like you walks you through these questions like is it cuz you might say, "Well, yeah, he really should be that way." It's like, "Really? Is it 100%? 100% the kid, no matter what, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this person absolutely should be this way." Well, no. 
I can't say for sure, 100%. Maybe 99, maybe 99.5. Yes, a person should be this way, right? Okay, this is sure. And then you basically walk yourself back from that, right? And it's so hmm. you just start questioning, is it in 100% of the cases absolutely true? Now she has four questions, but usually I stop it like that second one. Now I'm like, damn, damn, damn. And then you got to take that in, right? You're like, yeah, I'm wrong. Like he shouldn't, like I cannot say with 100% certainty with all this stuff going on in the universe mm -hmm. that he absolutely should be the way that I believe he should be. Okay, well, can I be okay then? And this is when you walk yourself back from the insanity, right? And you're like, okay, well, can he be that way? And I still be like, can I be okay with that? Can I be okay with that? Yes. Hmm. And then you start having to ask yourself, okay, well, how can I be okay with that? But it's what it comes down to is, is identifying the belief, like getting really honest with yourself of, well, what do I really believe? And it's usually you believe that things should be a certain way. And then you've got to question that in a hundred percent of the cases, knowing everything. And I think this can actually be quite easy for um, engineers because it's like I say to people <laughs> with machine learning, it's like, can you really keep in your headspace like what's going on every minute of every day in every Walmart store in the U.S.? No. Okay. Well, then can you be absolutely sure that you are correct in how things should be? No. Okay. So in this case, we'll just supplement the universe for my machine learning algorithm, which can deal with all this data and figure this shit out for me, right? <laughs> like, okay, so in life, right, the universe, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of pieces. I control almost zero. Like I pretty much, well, I control like zero of what's going on out here. Sometimes mm -hmm. I question, I control this, but you know, for the most part, let's say we're in control. Yeah. Right? So I don't control any of this. So can I really be hundred percent sure that this person should be the certain way or this situation should be different or whatever? No, I can't be. We really never can be. And so when we, when we can open ourselves up just a little bit, just enough to get like a little tiny sliver of hair or paper in there or whatever, it opens up the possibility for us to then change our belief. Okay. Hmm. Because ultimately what do we want out of any situation, right? We want to be happy. We just want to be okay. We don't want to walk into work and things suck. No, I want to be, I want to work with cool people. So that's definitely one, one thing. And literally every technique that I have seen, Ben, is like a variation of that. It's okay. basically just questioning, is your belief hundred percent? Can you say with 100% absolutely sure that this must be like, you are basically God and you know, for a fact, that everything is aligned exactly like that should be the case. No, no. Like you can't really say that. That's some ego shit, right? Like you can't really mm -hmm. say that. And it's like, okay, well then can I be okay? And then you figure out, well, how can I be okay? What action do I need to take to change this situation? And it could be, well, I'm going to have to have a really difficult conversation with this guy. It could be, I got to talk with my manager about this. Maybe, you know, maybe the manager has some feedback, you know, if I feel safe talking to them, that's a whole nother thing. But like, assuming I feel safe talking to my manager about this, like, Hey, I'm getting really frustrated. I don't want to quit. I got to figure this out. What advice can you give me? Maybe yeah. you can find a neutral third party, right. To give you some advice on what else you can do because you have literally had it with this person situation thing, whatever. And you can't think of anything else of what you could do. Hmm. What's door number three, Johnny, tell me what's my door number three, something completely different. You never thought about that's what. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so getting, so then finding out and then taking action, nothing happens without action. So identify the belief, which is really easy. You find the gap. Okay. What do I believe it should be? Should be, is it really a hundred percent true in all cases? This person must absolutely be this way. No. Okay, fine. All right. What can I do? Can I be okay if this person does not change? Yes. 
Okay, what do I have to do to make that happen? Well, gotta figure out what the fuck to do. Let me talk to some people, whatever, right? And then you just do that. And that's the hard part, I'd say that. Well, I mean, all of that can be extremely hard depending on what it is, but yeah. Um, but that's that's the biggest work, man, of hmm. life. And literally, you're the because your beliefs literally form your world, then you shift that and your entire world will freaking change. Like work completely changed for me. It, I went from, you know, being unhappy, just expecting bad every time I'd go into a standup or whatever, right? To, oh my God, this is amazing. Our team has all these opportunities coming. I'm working with these like brilliant people. I'm learning a lot. Hey, let me stuff this person into my team from over here. Okay, let's get these people working together. And I knew there was a better way to do this. And yes, now we're seeing that. And like it's unicorns. I'm not saying it's all unicorns and rainbows, but it went from like dark, thundering, horrific skies, right? To like, there is light at the end of the tunnel and things mm-hmm. are okay. And what did I want anyway? I wanted to be able to walk into work and just be happy and have a great time doing what I'm doing. And that, that became the reality, right? And that's what I'm talking about, reality. I don't mean like all of a sudden my house is different, right? <laughs> Unless that's yeah. what you want. It's like your house to be different. But like the way that I view everything outside of myself has completely changed because my belief in how things should be shifted. And that's what I mean by like, you create your own reality, right? And then you can go from being upset all the time to being like really freaking happy and loving again what you do. Yeah, that's, that's super powerful. Um, Just, just, it's hard to do these interviews without kind of doing some reflecting while I'm, while I'm listening to you. So I'll just leave it at that. This is powerful stuff. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I I have another question for you. You Mm -hmm. had several spiritual awakenings after traveling to Thailand. Mm -hmm. What is required for somebody to realize a spiritual awakening? Or is that even possible to kind of manufacture that? (laughs) Um, So again, I don't, it's almost like when you said like the domino, right? Mm. Like it's hard to, to pinpoint what that one thing will be for a person. But I would say that, you know, so to me, if we get some definitions out of the way here too. So, right, a spiritual awakening is for me like a fundamental shift in a belief where I, I cease in some way to stop operating from the the ego the what's in it for me the i need all this external stuff to validate me blah 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 and i once again kind of like regain my power take my power back from whatever it is i had given it to in the first place and then start living from that on a day-to-day basis back you know once it was um going back to my, you know, that the whole alcohol thing, thing, (laughs) Um, you know, one day I literally woke up and I said, oh my God, right? Like, I don't remember how I got here. I've lost control of my life. I was 20 in a blackout drinker for a year and a half before that, right? And I woke up and I'm like, I know that if I am allowed to legally buy alcohol, I'm going to die. Like, I I knew that. And that was the spiritual awakening. Hmm. When we went to Thailand and I'm like, I need like things are out of hand. Like I don't like going to work, but I don't want to quit. Don't want to have to explain to my wife, right? Like why I lived another job. Don't want to have to go through the interview process. And when I got to the, the belief that was causing all this, right? What we label as negative emotions, which are really just indicators of like, Hey, right. 
you got some work to do around this issue. Um, you know, once I uncovered that belief and shifted it around, that was another awakening. Like knowing, when I gain a knowing that I can be okay and I am okay and everything is freaking unicorns and rainbows regardless of what happens outside of myself. Why? Because that is my natural state of being. Like that's yet mm. another spiritual awakening. So you could have these awakening. I think we have these awakenings almost on the same topic. It's like this. And I, I'm going to go into left field here for a second, just cause I need to. And so people bear with me. Um, you know, so there, it is said that, you know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And I absolutely mm. believe that because I know for a fact in my life, when I've gone to either extreme, either like super spiritual to the detriment of anything like your know, normal human world, or I've gone way the other way to where like I give up on any spirituality, religion whatsoever. And I'm like, pure science, like that does not work for me. Like my dharma here is to find like the middle path of bringing spirituality to everything I do in the world. So our natural state is not waking up and freaking hating life. Like that is not how it's supposed to be for any of us. Our natural state is one that we have the power of choice and can choose in any given situation. We can literally create our reality with our beliefs and we have this power to do it. Will it take work? Yes, of course, because that's like freaking we're human, right? Like there's no getting around that. Physics, as I told some of my old employers, I'm like, it's a matter of physics. And they're like, what? It's like, don't fire me. Um, anyway. Science. So yeah, it's science. <laughs> Duh, science. You know, math. Math. Like, do I got to get the math out for you? Right? Like it's math. So, you know, so our natural state is that. It's of abundance. Is it material abundance? No, it's not necessarily material abundance. It's abundance of joy, of acting from love, compassion. Like that is our natural state of being. And what happens is, is that we keep forgetting that. We keep forgetting it because stuff happens, right? That's life. Something happens, it triggers a belief that I've held since I was freaking five. And I'm like, oh my God, like things are horrible. And I go off on this crazy tangent, right? So and then life is bad and blah, blah, blah. And I forget that I have the power of choice and that that is not my natural state. So things happen in life that keep us forgetting how it really was. Kids hmm. are great reminders of this. When my daughter was first born, is she worried about, oh, I you know, need, like, how am I going to make money? No. She's like, hey, I'm hungry. And then she just looks at me like, I want food. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, that's, an that's not even an ask. That's like a feed me right now, right? Like yeah. they have no fear of asking for what they want. Um, hmm. You know, they're not so worried about what people will think until we start instilling that, right? And so some of this stuff can really start happening, right? In the very beginning, so I'm trying to consciously parent as much as possible. But anyway, the point being is that hmm. this is our natural state of being. It's like joy of happiness, of waking up every day, feeling passionate about what we do, um, enjoying the interactions that we have with people, all this stuff and stuff just happens. So we forget. So to me, a spiritual awakening is by definition, a reconnection with that higher self that it's not like, I'm not going to get into, you know, or is reality real? Yes, I absolutely believe physics, right? Sorry. <laughs> like, it's the thing, right? But is there more to it than mm -hmm. just this physical, what we see here? Absolutely. Quantum physics has proven that. I freaking love quantum physics, right? It's proven that stuff out. There's way more than we can see going on here. But anyway, so spiritual awakening, again, by definition, is 
reconnecting with that, that greater, our natural state of being. And not just knowing it at the intellectual level, but really feeling it, like feeling it, like it's a body feeling. It's hard to describe. People know it's, it's like I say, I can't give this to people. Um, and it's hard for me to explain it even, uh, but you know it. So one of those things like you know it when you feel it, when like you are okay and happy no matter what is happening in your life. Does it justify people doing like crazy effed up stuff? No, not at all. Like people do bad stuff. Does it justify that? Absolutely not. But can you be okay? Can you yourself be okay regardless? And when you reconnect with that, that to me, and you remember that you are this divine being that can be okay no matter what, that to me is spiritual awakening. And that can happen at any time, um, you know, any time. And what triggers that? Who knows, man? It could be, you know, living a life of alcoholic hell that thank God you wake up from. It could be a person really upsetting you at work that causes you to look at these beliefs that you've long held and having to shift that. It could be someone walking out of your life and everything seeming to implode. Or it could be yeah, you have a kid and you look at them and you're like, oh my God, like this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen on the face. It could be you walk out in nature and everything is just like calm. Hmm. So what is that? I don't know. Can we manufacture it a bit? And again, it's, you know, seeing those gaps as they occur because those gaps are, that's where the opportunity is. That's where the something is not going on that I want, doing the work, shifting that belief and getting back that connection and that is oh it's it's i can feel it like in my body as i describe it is and i can't really describe. i try right you're, like you're try. just the change agent like you yeah. and you have some more guidance you can offer but yeah I, I hear what you're saying you're you specialize in being the agent of change and in offering some accountability but i mean just short of coming to their house and kicking their ass to wake up in the morning like you know an hour early like yeah, I, I hear what you're saying there. Yeah, like I'm here to help, you know, support <laughs> people with, you know, with all of my gifts and, and start off by telling people what it is that I see in them, which most likely they do not see in themselves because mm. of everything that's happened in life. And yeah. I always start from that. Like when I spoke with these um, at this machine learning conference of young people, again, like all high school or, or younger, I knew the parents wouldn't like this, but I like, I just didn't care. I literally <laughs> stood up there and the first thing I told them was what I see. And I said, you know, as I look out and look at y'all's faces, what I see is pure unlimited potential where you can literally do anything you want. If you decide that that is what you want, if you know you can do it, you will make it happen. I said, you have everything you need right here as I look at you in order to create the world that you want. And I just sat there and I, I didn't sat, I stood there. I stood there and I told them that and it was like silence. And then I went off, right? So that's how I started <laughs> off my talk about machine learning. <laughs> it was like that. Uh, and one of the parents no, came up to me after and was like, that was an interesting talk. But one girl said to me, she said, that was truly inspiring. And I'm like, okay, if I have touched one person with that, then I have done my job. Other yeah. people, it might take some time for them to, you know, process that. Maybe some people will never get it. It's not up to me. It's up to them, you know. Um, but I will, it's my job to tell them what I see. 
and hopefully, you know, help people recognize that and use my gifts to, to help them to reconnect with that and to live from that. And yes. That's, that's what I do. And yeah. I, I love that. I, there was a, there was a blog that, that you wrote, there was in a segment, it says a key to manifesting the life that you desire is determine what you want to be and then declare yourself as being that in the present moment, telling no one of your intention and then simply be that every day of your life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thank you for sharing that. I, I thought that was, uh, you have some great content. Um, it's, it's fantastic. So thank you for, well, thank you for, I mean, being here, if it wasn't for, uh, you know, for you being here, man, and, and doing what you do, like I wouldn't be able to do what I do. Right. We're all, we're all in this together. And it's great. Yeah. So I really, I mean, I really appreciate, uh, Ben, the time, uh, you know, you reaching out on LinkedIn, you know, giving me the opportunity to, to share, you know, these messages with, uh, you know, with anyone, anyone, everyone watching this and listening to this. Yeah. I, I really, I really appreciate it. It's great. Yeah. Th- this has been great. And I had, I had some kind of like closing stuff. I was curious. Sure. Um, <laughs> I, I, I always, um, all right, well, I'll, I'll let you off the hook after this one. Best piece of advice you've ever received. Mm. So the, not directly from a person I would say, but something that I keep telling other people is, um, and I've heard like, again, Gary Vee says this, like all these Nike slogan, right? Like just do it. Like just, just freaking do it. Like there's so much stuff. It's like, what if, what if, blah, blah, blah. The freaking scenario planning that our egos love to do. Mm-hmm. Usually it's like worst case scenario. It's like, you know what? You can do it. Like who cares? Like seriously, just freaking yeah. do it. Like you want to meditate, man? Just freaking meditate, right? You want to start a business? Just freaking do it. Like why not? Right? You'll figure it out on the way. Just freaking do it. Just do it. I can't <laughs> do it for you, which I could. Sometimes I don't depending on what it is you want to do. But yeah, you know, just yeah, just do it. So I would say, yeah, just do it. Just it's, it's, I told my daughter the other day, I said, being brave is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. I can't remember what book I got that from, but I'm like, that's amazing. That's awesome. I'm like, I pulled that stuff out, but seriously, right. It's feeling yeah. the fear and doing it anyway. So just do it. Just whatever you have to do to get okay with just doing it, do that and then do your thing. Like do your thing. That's it. Yeah. That is no. definitely the best piece of advice I've ever gotten. Just do it. That's great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And I know you're a bit of a bookworm. What are like the top three most important books in your opinion? Ooh. Ooh. Wow. That's hard. Wow. That's really difficult. Yeah. I guess these aren't really closing remarks, but I gotta, I I gotta wrap it up somehow. Okay. And I got, and I seriously, I get, I love these, these questions because I get different (laughs) answers all the time. Yeah. So so I, I listen to audiobooks all the time um, in my car. I'd say one of the, the most recent. So I'd say the most important ones for me are the most recent ones that I've read. Um, so I'll just say that. So I'll tell you what the most recent ones because it's okay. this stuff comes up like based on different points. So of course, the, the one that is the most important to anyone is the, the one that you feel drawn to at the time. That's like a really consultant answer, but it's true. Because it's like, that's what it is you need to know at that time. Um, I just finished an audiobook by uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer called I Can See Clearly Now. When he was in his 70s, looking back on his entire career, talking about his synchronicities and 
um, all of the, just his like spiritual evolution and whatnot. There was so much, so much stuff. I had to keep bookmarking um, the, the audio book there. Uh, hmm. So huge amount of stuff there. Um, Mindfulness in Plain English uh, by Bonte G. Hinapola Granatama. The best book I've ever read on meditation. Um, absent, hands down. So if you're like, oh, I find it hard to meditate. You've tried all these apps, whatever, whatever. Just read his book. Like, you'll get it. You'll be able to do it. It's amazing. Because um, hmm. meditation for me is really the, the key to getting calm and figuring out just what the heck is going on. Um, and being able to place the ego aside and, and really figure this stuff out. And meditation doesn't have to be crazy, uh, you know, five minutes, whatever. So, yeah, so definitely that. So I Can See Clearly Now by Dr. Wayne Dyer. Um, mindfulness in Plain English that I've read multiple times. And then number three. You know, the first thing that pops into my mind, honestly, is like Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss. Because <laughs> frankly, um, like my daughter loves it. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, don't take life so seriously. Like, are you this fish in a bowl? Like stuff is going to happen. You know, it's like, Oh my God. It's like, okay. You know, the cat comes in and cleans everything up at the end. Like it's okay. You know, life becomes a mess. Jeez. Actually, I'm maybe I'm reading into it like a bit more than I really should at the, the time. But you know, seriously, it's like, look, you know, it's, it's dark and stormy out there. Um, you know, what am I going to do? Hey, let's have some fun. Yeah. You know, it, it might get crazy right in between that, but ultimately everything turns out, you know, okay. And you learned a lot. You had a great time and the cat came and cleaned everything up anyway. So hmm. you, if, when we get too serious, like life is just, it takes all the fun out of life. Like you gotta have fun, you know, doing what, what we're doing. We're not meant to, you know, life is not meant to suck like all the time. Well, it's sometimes sure. Right, that's that's his life, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to all the time, you know. And and that I think helps keep it light. So read some Dr. Seuss and bring in reality. <laughs> it's like mind bending reality. It's like that dude must be on some serious drugs <laughs> when he was making those drawings. <laughs> so, yeah. So there you go. This is my top three. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And then three tips for people to monetize their machine learning skills. Oh yeah. So again, getting don't get so caught up in the format um, of it. So, oh my God, there's so many different ways you can make money. Um, You know, doing like online courses, you know, teaching what you know, Udemy, um, Udemy, Coursera, et cetera. Like I just threw up, I learned stuff and created this machine learning course and made some money doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. The recently I've had companies coming to me to do voiceover for their videos. So they have all the content and I just lend my voice and I was, I was blown away. I'm like, wait, I'm getting paid to talk. And that's one of those things, Ben, where it's like, where I think, you know, don't get caught up in the format. I'm like, I want to get paid just to talk to people, which is coaching is definitely one way speaking, paid speaking. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like voiceover voice. I'm getting paid literally to talk. And it was on a topic that frankly, I had to do some learning on. Um, but that's a whole nother option that I never even knew existed, but apparently it's a thing. Right? So you can do voiceover for other people's videos and they'll come to you because you know machine learning and they want like, you know, some native English speaker or whoever, or mm-hmm. in some foreign language. They want to, if uh, definitely like I had my entire course translated into Chinese and the person needed to know something about machine learning. Otherwise I'd be explaining everything to them. And that's like a huge like time suck. So yeah. you could offer to translate other people's courses 
into um, into another language if you speak more than one. Like that's a totally different way to to make money doing it. Mm. And you have to know, and you can advertise that. Hey, I'm a machine learning expert, and I happen to speak this other language. Can I translate your thing in for you, and I'll charge you X amount of money? Why the hell yeah. not? Right? Um, you know, tr- that's another way. So again, not getting so caught up in the format of of how you can make the money, kind of thinking, um, I'm not going to, I will say it to say, don't say this, like thinking outside the box, right? But I like more of a, don't get so caught up in the format. That's definitely another way. Obviously a job is a very traditional way to do it. Um, tutoring people uh, is, is definitely another way to do it. Um, you know, some people like even, oh my God, like even in college, you know, the courses only teach so much and you're like, Hey, would you like a real world slant on this? Maybe I can offer a different perspective on it. That's another way to do it. I already said teaching um, is another way to make money off of it. Obviously, you know, uh, jobs like, um, what is it? Upwork. Although they take like a huge amount of money from you, but Hey, mm-hmm. it's more than you had in the first place. You had zero. Now you have right. at least 50 out of a hundred, whatever. Um, you know, so offering it um, on these kind of websites, Smaller jobs, definitely ways to make money uh, for machine learning, which I believe I still uh, remember was the question <laughs> in the first place. Yeah, just uh, some tips on monetizing uh, their yeah. skills. So I think, I mean, you certainly yeah, deliver. outside the box and just doing, doing whatever, right? As long as it's the same essence of what it is you're doing, like, why not? Just open yourself up to the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. What are some of your favorite resources for skilling up with machine learning? Um, the the advice that I typically give to, to people is like come up with a problem that you want to solve and then just start learning stuff. Just like Google, I call it Googling for dollars, right? Like Google for dollars, or I actually use DuckDuckGo, but you know, like start searching and read the books and find out what you need in order to solve that problem. Like again, the, the whole iterative thing, I think there is no better way to learn, especially in technology than by doing. And mm. so maybe it's, if you can't think of anything, just look at, I don't know, some of these uh, challenges on, uh, oh my God, what's that website? Kaggle, right? Like, so you look at Kaggle, okay, what do yeah. people want over there? Uh, or do, what piques your interest? Like, okay, it's NLP. Let's say it's NLP and a voice assistant. Well, how do you build one? I don't know, figure it out. Like, you know, just come up with a, come up with a project that you want. That's a stretch, not impossible. Not like a, I'm going to rebuild Alexa or something. Mm-hmm. Although you could probably do a lot of that <laughs> to an extent. Um, hmm. Yeah. But come up with a project that you want that seems feasible that you don't necessarily know how exactly that thing's going to be, but you do that. And then you just start learning about, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Okay. Well, I want to do some, yeah, like I want to create a voice assistant. Okay, well, what's the first thing? Well, I need to be able to input voice into something. Okay, well, how do I do that? Like, how do I do that with Python? Or how do I do that on the computer? So you get that. Okay, great. Now that I have voice captured, what's the next thing? Well, I got to translate voice to text because apparently I can't just feed voice into a computer. It needs text to be able to do all the NLP things because I've done some research on NLP libraries and that's what it freaking needs. Okay, great. How do I convert voice to text? All right, now what? Well, now I found out about this thing called entity extraction because apparently computers, unlike people, don't just know what the heck we're talking about. We got to be extremely specific, right? In like, this is what this thing is. Oh, and that's entity tagging. How do I do entity tagging? Well, I'm using Python. Are there libraries, right? And you just incrementally build the next thing, the next thing, and give yourself the time to learn that. I think that is, mm. at least for me, 
that's what I do. That's what everyone that surrounds me has ever done in, in learning something new and just gather those resources. Uh, people always laugh when I say this, but I love the four dummies books. Um, especially if it's something completely brand new to you, uh, back before we had all these posts about, uh, like machine learning, um, you know, modeling and all that to create my first predictive algorithm. Oh God. Like even in like 2010, I think it was 2012. I don't know. It was a while ago, right? There weren't the resources that we had now. So hmm. I had to read like, God, four, six different books. I had to read all these blog posts just to be able to freaking create like a, a linear regression. It was, hor- it was horrible, <laughs> right? Now it's just like import sci-fi, you know, right? like done, yep. like, or like scikit-learn rather, right? Mm-hmm. Done. Um, but anyway, but the point is, is like I came up with, okay, what do I want to do? Well, I want to be able to predict this one thing. Okay, well, how the heck do I do that? And then you just start, you gather the resources, go. For dummies, books are great uh, because they take the jargon out of everything, uh, especially with machine learning. There's a huge amount of jargon. It's like a whole yeah. new world. Um, so that for dummies, books are great to explain stuff in plain English. Um, also, a lot of online courses I found seem to have a lot of uh, or believe that you have a lot of foreknowledge coming into it. So that's kind of difficult. Yeah. Um, just work from the basics and, and go up from there. That's, I think, the, the biggest thing that anyone can do. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. What do you think is overly difficult that noobs should stay away from when starting out trying to learn machine learning? Um, well, I know at least, uh, so from what I understand and from what I've seen and my, my senior director at Wave Work talks about this, where everyone wants to start digging into like deep neural networks, like immediately. So there's a lot of like supervised, unsupervised methods that don't require all of that. If you just have your laptop and not like GPU cards and whatnot, you know, try some, uh, try some easier to understand algorithms. Um, you know, make sure you can be able to explain just what the heck is going on. Maybe not all the math. Um, I know again, like I, people always ask like, do you use a lot of math where I'm like, no, I leave that to the data scientists, right? I'm doing like algebra. Um, but you know, so a lot of that can be really over complex or, Hey, let's learn a, how to do a deep neural network from scratch. Yeah. Right. No, I don't think so. Um, at least not for me. Um, that's not really the starting point. Uh, there's a lot of kind of like Legos. I call them just Legos, you know, that we can piece together, you know, build a system. Like you might not fully understand how it works, but just put that stuff together. Yeah, so don't go so deep into, unless you're a math nerd, um, the math at first, just stick with the, the high level, get that 30,000 foot view, and then you know, start digging into, into the layers. But especially with machine learning, don't necessarily get so caught up in the, oh, everything's uh, you know, deep learning. I mean, a lot is, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just understand the fundamentals, man. Like the, always have to have the fundamentals uh, in place is important. And then especially with if people are going pure data science, just knowing how to program, it's kind of important. So yeah, yeah. like, really, like super, super. <laughs> it's important. like kind of, yeah, kind of need. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if you want to go from like, I know nothing to like data scientists. Yeah. Start with like picking up Python or something and do mm-hmm. some, do some little toy applications, you know, understand the basics and then maybe get into the machine learning after that. Yeah. Would yeah. you say that's, would you say that's like, if you had to take or bring Pareto into this, what is kind of the 80% that somebody could work on that's kind of low hanging fruit to get up to speed with machine learning? Mm. Um, yeah, I'd say just get, um, 
Well, again, I really liked the For Dummies books. There was one that I read a number of years ago. I'm sure they have even even more. It was called uh, Predictive Analytics for Dummies. Because what that did was it walked you through a series of just like core algorithms that's used, like statistically based algorithms that are used everywhere, whether we know it or not, like linear regression, the stuff's been around for a long time, or even mm -hmm. deep neural networks where we just couldn't do them. They've mm -hmm. been around since like the 60s, like crazy amounts of time. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, getting, I'd say getting some of those books that explain the algorithms uh, in a plain English way um, is, is a great foray into it. And then just get, like download Python, Anaconda, uh, if you don't already have that on your computer, definitely the easiest to, to get Python up and going on your machine. Download Scikit-Learn. Right? A number of these libraries have all of these algorithms built in. Run some. Understand that you, know, you got to have a good data set. Go find some free data sets. Kaggle is a great place to get a lot of free data sets mm -hmm. uh, that are already prepared because data, data is definitely not clean. I'll tell you, it's like total garbage a lot of times. And you got to do a lot of work. So... Let's put that on the shelf for right now. You're going to be doing that a lot, but find a clean data set to run through the algorithms, try some different ones, see, oh, well, why is this one give me a slightly uh, different outcome than this other one? You know, what does it mean to, um, you know, predict if you're trying to do like categorical, you know, versus other stuff? Um, yeah, just get one of these for dummies books, download Python, get scikit-learn, get a clean data set so you don't have to do any of that stuff, run through the algorithms, try and figure out, get an understanding of what these algorithms are doing and why they give you the output that they do. And I think that can give you a pretty solid, like that's a solid uh, foundation there to, to start getting into it. Just play with this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, have fun. Be gentle with yourself. Bring yourself back <laughs> and then keep going. Yeah, there's, man, there's just so many uh, knowledge bombs going on in here. It's like, uh, thank you for being so generous with that. Uh, here's the last question for you. Why does PyTest put a smile on your face? Oh my God. So I will, first off, I will, I will preface by saying like, I'm definitely not a test driven kind of guy. I've never mm. been able to like write a test and make something pass. Cause I just like with my writing, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm constantly editing as I go. Right. And I'll write these like horrifically. Oh my God. Like when I'm writing like flask APIs, like my first file is like this like, you know, a thousand lines of code. And I'm like, this is stupid. And then, you know, I'll start pulling it out. I'm like, and I can't test that, right? Like you can't test that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'll start pulling stuff out into modules. No, like here's where I'm duplicating code. My big thing is like, make it work, make it work better. Mm -hmm. I love PyTest because A, it makes it so easy. And once I finally figured out with Flask, which took a stupid amount of time for me, but anyway, once I got the concept and I'm like, oh, this, I can test a Flask application without it being running. Uh, because I accepted someone said, oh, well, you know, we should run integration tests. And of course, our container should be running when we test. Oh, yeah, but not going to really work with Jenkins so much. Um, but anyway, so hmm. once I got that down, yeah, like I, oh, my God, even with that, I installed one PyTest plugin. And I, I instantiate like, oh, here's like my mock client. And all of a sudden, I'm testing my Flask app and like two lines of code with one library. I'm like, oh, my God, thank you, whoever created that for doing <laughs> the work for me so I don't have to freaking do it. No, I'm testing my code. And I can't tell you, man, like how many times like tests have saved my butt before mm -hmm. we go out. And it's like, and so I just constantly run them. And PyTest has a ton of great stuff. Um, I think it's called like XDisk. Well, first off, PyTest Cove, love that because it allows me to brag uh, to my compatriots of <laughs> just how good my code coverage is. I'm like, oh, here it is. Like, what's your code coverage, buddy? Right. And then it becomes a contest of like <laughs> whose code is the, the most 
not necessarily the most tested, but covered, right? Mm -hmm. Well, covered, because you can go crazy with this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, so that PyTest Cuff is great. Uh, PyTest, I think it's called XDist, uh, where you can just constantly run the test in the background, although I tend to save like constantly because I'm doing it from back in the day where like your computer would crash all the time. I still, <laughs> you know, I can't get out of that apparently because I'm an oldie. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm saving all the time. So it'll run the test in the background. Um, but, you know, all the plugins for, for mocking, like I, I love Redis, freaking love Redis. I am uninhibited, absolutely love Redis for, for lots of things. Um, they have like a, you know, easy mocking in Redis uh, that you can use. Like, yeah, it just, it gives me the comfort that when I know I'm going to roll something out to like 5,000 stores for Walmart, like this stuff works and it's really easy to write the test. Like very little code, very little depending, but you know, yeah, it just makes it easy, easy to test, which is what you want because right. people tend to put that stuff down to like the end. Like it's like, Oh, let me figure out and blah, blah. blah. It's like, Oh my God. Like where are your tests for that? Oh, I don't have a, no, 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 no. PR fail. Sorry. Reject. <laughs> <laughs> don't think so. Don't think so. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Now th this has been, uh, man, I thank you so much for being generous with all of, all of these different threads. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I want to hear what is your call to action? Where do people go to connect with you? And, uh, yeah, take it, take it from there. Right on. Yeah. So I'm on all the social medias. If you search for me, uh, Robert W. Dempsey, you'll see my, you know, my bald self, like all over the internet. I'm everywhere. Um, but my, my website right now is quantumindustries.io. And so if you go there, that's the jumping off point. It'll, you know, it'll take you way down the, the rabbit hole, you know, through the looking glass <laughs> off into never, Neverland. Um, all those places. I know that, you know, that, that was Alice in Wonderland. I'm mixing the places. I know, I know. Uh, but you know, we'll go all sorts of places. You have no idea. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so quantumindustries.io is the website. And from there, you can get to my social media profiles. I'm fairly active on Instagram. I figured out a long time ago how to like take one thing and get it everywhere uh, pretty easily. Yep. So that, that would be the thing. And, you know, if you're into it, I do a free tarot card reading. I will absolutely do, you know, it's via email, you know, very, very low barrier to entry. Don't worry. We don't have to fire up a call like Ben and I are talking right now. I mean, we could definitely go there. I'm very happy to go there. If you mm -hmm. want to just like dip your toe in it, be like, I think this stuff's crazy, but you know, what the hell? Um, stuff's out of control. Absolutely. Do a free tarot card reading uh, via email and you'll probably be super surprised about how those things turn out. That's it. Quantumindustries.io. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I, I always ask this at the end, uh, did we leave anything off the table? Was there anything else that you'd like to cover or did we do a good job? I think, yeah, we have been talking for a while. I think we covered a lot of ground here, Ben. This has been, and, and again, I just want to express my gratitude for you uh, for, for being here, for doing this. I know, uh, you know, you and I were talking about, you know, what got you into this, you know, it's really a passion project. Mm -hmm. uh, for you at this point, I'm sure it'll turn into a lot more as you talk to more people. This again, is one of the best ways to just learn, get ideas uh, and, and all of that. So, you know, if it wasn't for you being here and doing what you do, I wouldn't be able to be here and share what I do uh, with other people as well. So, so I, I really am, am grateful for this opportunity today. So thank you very much. Ben. Yeah. The, the feeling is mutual. So, all right, folks, we'll be talking soon. Peace.